Let me just make sure I don't have horrible squinty eye. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> horrible squinty No, since my surgeries and like the medications, I mean, I already have like a lazy eyelid. This one is always like a little lower than the other one. Yes, I have that issue. And especially if I'm like drinking or stoned or something, it's like really <laughs> noticeable. We're all droopy. Yes, but after my surgeries, it's been like really bad. In fact, I was just looking at the picture we took with Buddy, with Brad yeah. Leland, and my eyes like literally closed. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh you, you do have a little squint, but it kind of looks like you're <laughs> winking. It's cute. <laughs> the stretch between uh thanksgiving and christmas it's weird it's a weird time it's an awkward in between time and i always i always feel like um disoriented i can never remember early december i can never remember like what day it is all the days blend together or just things move really quickly because you're like planning holiday plans but you're like still working and ah yeah i know and i feel like it's november but it it is indeed December now. I still feel like it's March. I know. I just can't believe this year is almost over. I mean, it I happened we'd quickly, never make thank it. God. But yeah, I'm crawling over the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mal. You have headphones on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mom, Carly <laughs> says hi. Yes. Mal is going to be a wee little mouse in the back. And then she's going to go. <laughs> she's going to let us know when she goes down. The Napolitanos, they're going to... Um, uh, Leah, those are my cousins. They we live in the same building right now. They're gonna Mal's gonna shoot a Christmas video for them, Aww. and then we're gonna go eat some Thai food. Um, I love Mal and her budding videography. Uh, I know endeavors. I do too. Yes, she's killing the game. Love it. Um, yeah. I just spent the weekend with uh, my niece and nephew Zabebes. Um, <laughs> I was Carly. I was describing to my family how um, Simon smiles. That it's not like the normal just like cute baby smile it's like a little he does like, he like, has those dimples so he's yes. like Ugh. and he does like one corner at a time he like looks up at you and he's like yeah and it's, it's so cute i can't, I can't. Uh, he's getting really cute it's like yes it's happening it's getting out of control because <laughs> he's talking now um he doesn't say a ton of words but uh, yeah he's got a couple down pat he calls juno exclusively Arf. And oh, now yeah, that's close to Juno. <laughs> well, it's because she's a dog. And so he's like, Arf, Arf. Oh, cute, cute, cute. I don't know. Meredith and I were like, why doesn't he say woof or rough? Right. Where, where did Arf come from? But I feel like that's actually more the accurate way that a dog barks. Arf. Yeah. It is probably he's just, the more He's just accurate. keeping it real. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, his onomatopoeia game is strong. It's true. But now the whole family is, she. her name is Arf now. Even Hannah's like, can we feed Arf? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Which, speaking of Arf, she is yes. not here with me tonight. So I don't have a little... Uh, oh, you didn't have to prep the dog. Yeah, I don't have a little distraction click clacking around in the back. Um, right. She's going to hang with... I just with, had to prep them. Who is she hanging with? She's going to hang with Meredith, uh, my sister, this week. Um, Love it. Yeah. Get some Love kiddo it. time. All right, well, let's get cracking because I told Leah not to talk until we intro her. 
Oh, good. <laughs> and she is obeying. <laughs> I'm Monica. And I'm Carly. And, and this, this is Texas Forever. Forever. Oh, it was so much better in person. It was. Doing that. We were vibing in person. We were vibing. All right. We have some uh, housekeeping. We do. So, guys, we have a Facebook group now. Yes. Well, yeah. so... As you recall, if you've listened <laughs> right. to our past episodes, Monica and I, although I don't know if we've updated them about your status in right. so the Friday Night, Friday Night Lights Facebook group that I got kicked out of, Monica joined so that we could still yeah. post. And then Monica got kicked out. I did. I lasted a little bit longer than Carly, but not much. <laughs> I they and I was really so, don't like us. <laughs> I know. And I, I, I first like posted just like a, hey, everyone, glad to be here. Just like to you know, keep it light. And then I shared the um, Scott Porter cameo and people were like, oh, this is awesome. Thanks for sharing. We got some listeners from that. And then I think it was, I was trying to post the buddy interview again, because I think people would like it in that group. It's a group for Friday Night Lights fans. Right. Everything yeah. I've posted, all of the people have been like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. I, so I don't know what the owner's problem with us, but she kicked <laughs> me off as well. So then we're like, okay, we got to make our own. Yeah, so we did. Yes. So we did just that. And it is called Friday Night Lights Panther Pride. Because that is what we're calling you guys. You're the Panthers and we are together the and, Panther Pride. And we're big Lion King fans. We are. Exactly. It's another double ref like we like to do on this show. As you know. Um, yes. Yeah, so join. Um, it's welcome to all. We will not be removing people aggressively. No, um, we won't. At all. We want it to be a happy Friday Night Lights place. Um, we do. That is not just old ladies posting pictures of Tim Riggins. Although. Exactly. If you want to post a picture of Tim, that's fine. Right. We don't discourage that. It's just not exclusive Tim Thirst. Yes. Content. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, post a meme, comment uh, on stuff, see what the podcast is up to. Um, yeah. It's an open forum for lovers of FNL. Yes. And then we had a fun meeting this past week um with the Gilmore guys host Kevin T Porter KTP we, we emailed him about 85 times and it worked persistency it works did. people and he literally said that he said y'all he are did. really persistent <laughs> <laughs> we are if if anything we are persistent um it but, was very yeah, cool, it was though. it was really fun and we he entered the zoom meeting dabbing and we just started laughing immediately and yep. it was great yeah. And I'm sure it helped that we've listened to 1,500 hours of him talking. Yes, it's a weird moment to talk to someone that you've listened to in your ears for so long and be like, oh, yeah, I, I know everything about you. You know nothing about me. I had to. <laughs> I, my biggest fear was that I would. So, well, to start off, just to remind you guys of who Kevin T. Porter is, if you recall in some of our earlier episodes, we've talked about how this show is designed kind of after the podcast Gilmore Guys, we really. We love that podcast. We respect it a lot. And it was kind of one of the first like big TV rewatch podcasts for shows during this time, uh, like yes. before streaming, kind of revisit, redigging up some cult favorites uh, like Gilmore uh, Girls or Friday Night Lights. So we we just we love that show a lot and we're big uh, fans of his. And he was definitely like part of the inspiration for us to start the show. He's yeah. a little Texas boy. Um but my biggest fear during that conversation was that I would say something <laughs> awkward that proves how much I know about his life. Like right. when he, he said something about when he was like talking about 
the years that he was on the UT campus at college. Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, I was there from like 2007 to 2009. And I almost immediately was like, oh yeah, because you only went to college for three years when you're 16, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, Carly. No, Carly, Pretend you we don't, don't do know. that. Yes, I know. There were definitely moments where he would say things that I already knew and I'd be like, oh, really? Yeah, yes. I, know, I know everything about you basically. <laughs> but yeah, it was really great. Um, he gave us some... Awesome advice, and um, it looks like some of the, it looks like some of the Gillies—that's what they call their listeners and their guests—are um, going to come on our show. So we're super yeah. excited about that. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, KTP. Yes. And then um, I don't think I updated y'all last time. Um, I am moving to Austin because I Wait, love woo. Friday Night Lights that much. No, I, I, I did get a job there for the <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah, I, it's a move I've made um, purely for TX Forever, um, <laughs> but it does it does feel like um, you know the perfect move um, because of this show. So um, yeah, I'm going to be working at a company that licenses worship music to churches, and I'm going to be their marketing coordinator. So um, I literally start tomorrow um, remotely. So and we're so yeah, proud. So of, yeah, thank yeah. you. We are. Um, and a lot of things about the process of starting the show for Monica and I have felt very like cosmically bound, <laughs> yes. uh, really meant to be. And that's just yes. another one. Monica got a job in Austin and now um, she'll be a lot closer to um, a lot of All our actors and members. Yes. Watch out. No, I'm just kidding. No, but, look um, out, Austin. Look out. <laughs> no, it was true, though. Um, we we were telling one of our friends this weekend about it and we always like love to do those like really overused and annoying like Christian phrases. We're like, yeah, oh, it just really it. felt, really felt ordained. You know, <laughs> I always say, Oh, that was such a God thing. <laughs> right. It's such a God thing. I just let go and like God and you know, he did his thing. So <laughs> God had um, his way with me. Then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so another thing, sorry guys, we have, we haven't podcasted in a while, so we have some, some things to tell you. We have a lot to talk um, about. So just buckle the fuck so Just up. like, yeah, just chill out. Um, I realized when we put this episode out, I will have released my new song. Um, and I'm going to play a little bit of it for y'all, if that's cool, Carly. Yes, please. Um, great. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this came out today, the 11th. And... Um, I wrote it for uh, the Rutledge Foundation for Cancer Awareness and it just kind of became, you know, it was supposed to be a 10 year anniversary song and then everything happened. And um, so it felt like a good time to release it. And also just like anyone in 2020 that is facing shit because we all are. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So and if you're listening to this, I'm doing a little social media campaign for it. You're going to post you're going to do this. <laughs> I didn't make it sound like you can. You're going to do this. Um, you can post a yellow square. Um, it'll be on my story somewhere if you want to get the exact one. It's like marigold color. And um, hashtag the song and tag the foundation and tag me. And then if you would like to, and I'd love it, you can share on your story what your wings are, which means like your purpose, what keeps you going. So it could be your family or your job or your, you know, this podcast. <laughs> um So yeah, so post about it and here's a little preview. Tired of seeing hope as a curse Rehearsing the details in my mind Just to watch 
them crash and burn Cause I've never seen my face before Only reflections of my perception So I keep it so casual Yeah, I'm always the cool Listen to the whole thing on Spotify, but there's a little taste for you. Where can they find it on Spotify? They can find it under my name, Monica Moser. <laughs> yes, that is Wings. Um, part of part of the song that was originally written by Monica when I was diagnosed when I was 16. Um, and she was able yes. to kind of weave some of that original song into this Uh, piece so it's like triple special um which is a perfect segue to intro our lovely guest this week her name is leah van she has a number of excellent attributes and degrees and big old brains but she is also my fellow cancer survivor and that is how we met um doing our cancer thing in texas and um i will let her uh tell the rest of who she is and what your deal is well thank you for having me i you know y'all made my like spotify wrapped top three podcasts so proud yeah you know if people didn't already know i'm obsessed with this show i'm also obsessed (laughs) with the podcast um yeah obsessed with you (laughs) yeah so it's it's all mutual it's funny i feel like i know monica now um, <laughs> same I feel you like do. I know you too I like hopped on and didn't wasn't like hi nice to meet you I was like hey Leo, what's up I know I was like well uh, I was like do I say nice to meet you uh I, like, right. I feel like I know her um right yeah I mean I guess I, I like wrote a little mini bio I I try to be concise because I'm a journalist but it's it's kind of hard so uh yeah, yeah but my most recent I guess claim is I just got my master's in journalism from Northwestern Woo-hoo. Whoop, whoop. Ao, um, so I'm currently in Chicago and I'm freelance writing for a ton of different publications. I will not bore you with, <laughs> and but I've been a sports reporter in both Iowa and Colorado, a little bit in the Chicago suburbs. Um, I did my master's thesis on Friday, the basically the racial like reckoning of. Friday Night Lights, 30 years after the book was published. The book celebrated its 30th anniversary of its publishing, actually, this October. Um, So basically what I did is I just kind of talked to the people of Odessa, Texas, which is where the book was basically based off of, and asked them what um, has changed since the book and what really has not and what lasting impact there has been. Because it's funny. I I love the TV show, but it really... um, diverges from the book and so does the film which we can like get into later but Uh, yeah that was kind of my project which is awesome so So we are bringing her on to not only teach us about football no offense (laughs) mansplain but no you know i was excited i I was like she's been doing well yeah (laughs) yeah you know there have been a couple (laughs) times like oh monica like (laughs) 
I'm You're sure. You're so close. Yeah. Right, right. The nic- can you explain the nickel package? <laughs> Wait, let's get into the nickel package in a minute. But yeah, we're yeah. super excited to have a true sports reporter, a true football fan, a true Texan, a true cancer survivor, and a true fan of the show as she literally did her thesis on it. Um, well, I mean the book, but it counts. But, um, yeah. but we've talked about on the show before how the TV show um, doesn't really address sort of the racial tensions that the book does um, in small town Texas and in football and things like that. So we're excited to kind of dive into that as this episode um, is one where Ooh. that really addresses race in uh, football and in Texas. So we're excited to yeah. um, dig into all of that. Thanks, Leah, we for are. coming. Yes, we're excited. New buddy. Woo. New buddy. New bud. All right. What are our last? Um, what's next? <laughs> oh, give us an <laughs> so, iTunes. Yeah. iTunes review. Again, you're on your phone now. Take it out. Do it. Just thing, do it. And we'll shout you out. Just do it. Um, Click that but yeah, purple have, icon. Scroll down. Yes. It's a lighter color. Or... If you don't feel like writing, just select your rating. You can rate yes. or review. Exactly. Rate and or review. Um, yeah. So we have a couple fact checks before we dive into this episode. Um, we talked about if Applebee's was Southern. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, I know there's one in Connecticut because I saw it the other day. So it's not. But it did start there. It started. Uh, the first one was in Decatur, Georgia. Mm. So that's so it started there. But yes. And then we talked about being out in the boonies and we're like that's feels like a texas phrase i think it's kind of everywhere but um first of all there is an out in the boonies.com oh um it's a hiking and camping blog and he calls himself the boonie man so check that out um, <laughs> i don't think it's been updated since like 1992 but we're plugging it <laughs> but yeah it's not just southern it's just anywhere anyone that's out in the country and it's short for boondocks which means a remote oh. rural or provincial proven provincial area so every time provincial. i hear the word what pro- no it's provincial because <laughs> okay. every time i hear the word provincial my brain immediately goes um from beauty and the beast da, 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 in this provincial life Hi. yes oh what a great old bell that's what a great musical all right you want to do our last two yeah um okay so band names with punctuation Oh. Right. Oh, actually, I need to explain this one. Yeah, so there's <laughs> <laughs> in the musician's corner, I was talking about a Texas band that had a super long name and they started with dot, dot, dot. And we were like, that's weird. And I was like, yeah, except for the band, say anything. No, no, no. Say anything. Dot, dot, dot is the movie. I meant the Academy is dot, dot, dot. So, oh, interesting. OK, yeah. I loved the Academy is that was like very high on the emo middle school Carly playlist. Yes. But I yes, forgot yes, yes. about the dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So that is what I meant, people. And then also <laughs> we talked about our band names. One short-lived one was Collision. And you said that there was an album you loved named Collision, and I could not find an album uh, called Collision. I should have by because you were like, I think it was by someone like a Michelle Branch or something. And I was no, like, no, I said it was maybe Colby Calais. Well, if you're thinking of Coco, that's. So basically that was just something that came out of my brain. That means yes. nothing. So please. Ignore. Right. And it wasn't even a fact check because I didn't solve the mystery at all. <laughs> um, There's some <laughs> mysteries in my brain that can't be solved. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, let's get into this episode because I. Yes. Wow. This was a really good one. And yes. I was like, we are out of that mid season 
kind of slump. We are oh, we're we're back far out in of it. it. Y'all, I have notes yeah. on notes. Yes. I have something to crack open. Oh, do it. It's not, well. Ooh. Ooh. It's nothing fun, though. It is a V8. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like the, like tomato juice? Yeah, but I feel like they get a bad rap because they used to only make all those gross tomato juices. They make really yeah. yummy fruit juices now. And this is a V8 energy. It's like oh. all natural Ooh. energy. And they're like, this one is black cherry. They're like really okay. good. <laughs> Good to know. They have energy ones. They have hydration ones. Leah, are you drinking a Shiner? I am. I've got a Atta Shiner girl. Cheer. <gasps> yes. I was hoping uh, it was going to be Shiner Cheer. Oh, yeah. Tis the season, y'all. Y'all, yes. Shiner Cheer is one of the few things that I miss about drinking. I love <laughs> Shiner Cheer. It's so funny. It's I was telling someone, I was like, well, I am a little basic Texan right now and I'm drinking Shino <laughs> Cheer and like my boyfriend's got his fancy craft beers from Chicago and everybody's like, don't hate on Shiner Cheer, even though it's not like craft brew. It's like good stuff. It's good. Also, Shiner right. is good beer. Yeah, it may not yeah. be like hoppy craft, but Shiner is a great beer, like middle of the line, just like good middle of the road. Yeah. Beer for for everyone to enjoy. And it's funny because it's like <laughs> just getting popular in other places, just like Topo yes. Chico. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. All of a sudden, Topo Chico is like super fancy and in Whole Foods. And us growing up in Texas, I don't know if y'all remember, but I w- we would buy Topo Chico by the case for like a dollar at Albertsons. Yeah. It was like now it's nothing. Yeah. And now it's all bougie, which I find funny. But I think Shiner is getting popular, too, because I used to not be able to find it really anywhere in Colorado. But now it's at most most stores. Same with Bluebell. Yeah. Colorado. I haven't Colorado found Bluebell Blue now. You haven't found it in Chicago? But I will say the Midwest has like a lot of great um, dairy products. Yeah. So, you know, you've got like Grater's <laughs> ice cream from Ohio, which I think is like one of my favorites too. Um, another thing about Shiner, I did run the Shiner half marathon in Shiner, Texas. Hell yes. You Ooh, could say yes. I'm a little Wait, bit Leo, when is that marathon? Uh, I think it was like. It was November, and I and it was funny because we you, should do it next year. We should because we run that with did you. it like it's funny because there's not a lot of water stops because uh. you're in the middle of nowhere, Shiner, <laughs> Texas. It's yep. very hilly, but you start Ooh. and you end at the brewery and you get free unlimited beer afterwards. That's awesome. Wow. Okay, so I'm just gonna be there. I'll just wait for y'all. You can do the five k. Oh, okay. I can. I uh, yeah. I can do. It. <laughs> Like, can I yeah, wait for me at the finish line and then you can drink my free beer? <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll drink your unlimited beer and yeah. also not run. Yeah. Okay, great. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, back to Midwestern dairy products. Someone just recently oh, turned me on to Tillamook ice cream. Yeah. Because <gasps> wow. we all know the cheese. The cheese. Yeah. yeah. They make ice cream too. Shout out to my friend Becca. Ooh, what a thong. Who's from Chicago? She just introduced me to Tillamook ice cream and they have really good flavors like peanut butter, chocolate, brittle. And it has like peanut butter, frozen peanut butter in it. Mm. Very tasty. Okay. We need to stop because I haven't eaten dinner yet. Neither have Um, I. I'm going to eat these puzzle pieces in front of me. (laughs) And I'm going to read the IMDb synopsis for this episode 15 blinders. Um, I have not pre-read this. I hope it's not horrible. When an assistant coach is quoted in the media with racial intentions, he draws a line between the team right at playoff time. Julie and Tyra are forced to join the Powderpuff game as a result for skipping class. And Julie's dad, also known as 
Coach Taylor, like the main, you know, guy. <laughs> yeah, I've already um, noticed is, a lot of grammatical errors. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. He's a bit elated when she's picked for quarterback by Matt. Tyra, meanwhile, has a hard time dealing with her mother's growing relationship with Buddy Garrity and starts taking it out on his daughter, Lila. Jason gets an invite to join the local rugby team. The local rugby team. It's the yeah, like Olympic it's quad, team. And it's also, yeah, it's quad rugby. It's not rugby rugby. Get oh, it right. Boy. Get Come it on. right. Get it right. Get it tight. I was going to say it and then I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did for you. Um, it really bothers me that they say Julie and Tyra are forced to join the powder puff game as a result for four as a result yeah. of okay but as fun fact of. about uh these imdb synopses yeah we talked to last episode about their that they're just crowdsourced um for some reason yes. on this edition or like this i am episode imdb i haven't noticed on the other ones it said who wrote it and the name the screen name or oh, did that just make me sound old the handle the of the, <laughs> the handle of the guy who wrote that is uh movie dude one movie Ooh, dude so, one i mean unfortunately that is obvious credibility right there he should come on the right. show movie dude he one should. we love you come on the show <laughs> movie dude one not movie dude seven not movie dude eight movie dude number one number one wow all right Let's Should we do some Texas things? Break. No, not we're not breaking it down. <laughs> we're not breaking it. Carly, it's been a while. We've done this. Yeah, really rusty. My brain barely Texas works. Is a place I love to be. Um. Okay. I feel like a big <laughs> Texas thing is powder puff football, right? Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. And I was reminded of like how intense, like, I think it was sixth grade. We did powder puff or the flag football guys and girls at recess. There was like a draft. It was like super intense. And I think I I remember remember shout out Caroline Young and I getting in a fight about, you know, I thought we won or some play or something. And we literally had to be like taken in a room with the teachers. And they're like, you guys are best friends and you're treating each other horribly. Oh my gosh. I don't remember that. Yeah. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the football games either. I must have been somewhere else. I don't think you played. I got put into one of those uh, cage fight rooms with a teacher, with uh, uh, Rachel Hale, who also went to school with us. I thought that she, there was a rumor going around that she cheated on her math test. And for some reason, <laughs> wow. my morals were really violent. For some reason, it was your personal <laughs> issue. Like a deal breaker <laughs> for seventh grade Carly. <laughs> <laughs> that's so um, funny she didn't yes, powder puff at my protect. school got like super intense girls like broke their legs and was it only girls yeah like and they i don't remember how they chose people but like i went to a football obsessed school in alito texas if any of the listeners like know um alito has been featured on espn for beating a team 92 to 0 Um, Alito is one of those towns that we've talked about that is has those huge high schools that are like feeders the NFL like calls them feeder schools yeah and anyway our powder puff it was like a mixture of volleyball players and like cheerleaders and you know they got picked on either team they were coached by football players exactly like the show but I just remember like the starting libero of like the volleyball the varsity volleyball team like 
broken arm or something playing and another girl like tore her ACL. It got super violent, which is why I never played. Like I want to play, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to die. It's like ladies, this is like touch football. This is like, like flag. I don't remember if it was touch or flag. It was like, and it's already sexist in the first place. So just go along with the vibe and smell your smelling salts and just don't be mean. Wait, Leah, did you say libero? Yeah. It's a volleyball word. Yeah. Oh, Okay. I yeah. know it from my uh, one year of volleyball. Uh, oh, yeah. You did one year. Our friend told me she would play volleyball with me. And then like the first week uh, broke her finger. And then I was stuck <laughs> on the team for the whole season. <laughs> I think I tried volleyball for like a week, but it hurt my hands too much. Yeah, yeah it does hurt this. until you get used to it. I remember yeah. I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, it really hurts. It really, yeah, you get really sore on your arms. Yes, um, but yeah. I remember one more powder puff story. Um, we, you know, obviously we didn't like kick, um, we didn't punt. We just threw it down the field, you know? And I remember telling another shout out, Jake Vincent, (laughs) or maybe we'll bleep that out. My middle school Um, love. Your middle school love. He was my team captain or something. And I was like, Jake, I can throw really far. Like, and he wouldn't let me do it and finally let me do it. And I like threw it so far and he was like, okay, you can do that from now on. (laughs) So as we've mentioned before on the show, Monica has a great arm. (laughs) I do. I was trying to think if we ever did powder puff and I feel like I remember a powder puff game when we were in high school, but I couldn't remember if it was like straight girls football or if it was like girls and guys. (laughs) Straight girls, only straight girls could play. I mean, (laughs) just girls football or... yes. um, no, you know what? It was only the, the powder puff flag football was only middle school. And then there was also that we would like run around at the top of the field at the football games and yeah. like tackle each other. It was called something that's offensive and I'm not going <laughs> to repeat it. Yeah, I couldn't remember us ever having a powder puff game, but I have to imagine that's something that's pretty strictly Texas or Southern, right? Probably. I think so. Definitely Southern. Yeah. I mean, the name alone. <laughs> Why is it called powder puff? Could it be any more like demeaning of a term for a women's only game? I know. That's why. Yeah. I always liked calling it flag football. Yeah. I don't like I'm like, am I a powder puff girl? Like, yeah. What? That sounds like it's it is flag football. We don't need to call it powder puff. (laughs) No, it looked really fun, though, I will say. It did. And I'm really excited because our big cousin re- reunion, of course, was canceled this year. But next year, I've already drafted teams for a big, we're going to do a big flag football game. Oh, that's a good idea. Each other. Yeah. Okay, Leah, what's your football playing experience? <laughs> uh, you know, I actually haven't played that much. I mean, I remember I went to Fourth Academy and, you know, back in the, the day before I moved out to Toledo. And I remember I played flag oh, football. Good old foie. Yeah. Foie. Played flag football at like, uh, PE and stuff and uh-huh. yeah, you know, scored all the touchdowns, star yeah, quarterback is. course. Um, what's your what's your main what were your main sports or are? Uh, I play I played volleyball and I ran track. Oh, so right. yeah. Nice. But um I think if Love I was it. like I hate to say if I were a man, I would have played football because there are women's professional football leagues, which I've written about. I feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. And then we just saw Vanderbilt actually had the first yes. like female kicker in a power five game. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. And what is power five? So power five football is all the big conferences. So that'd be like big 12, SEC, oh, big 10, Pac-12. So ACC. it was the first never... woman in that like, but aren't they all like, 
isn't all teams in one of those conferences? Like, don't they? Have I to can be? never get all those conferences so like, straight. <laughs> Texas, TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State—all those right. that you know of Big are in 12. the Big Twelve. No, I know that. I'm saying, like, why was it? Was she the first one? So in- yeah, so she was the first one in like to play in a Power Five conference game. Whereas, like, there have okay. been girls who have started for I think it was like. New Mexico State or something. and That's not even in a conference. Like Kent State. And they're in like not, okay. they're in a conference. It's just like, and they're D1, but they were like not in a Power 5 conference, which is one of the big ones that we Got all it. know about. But yes, Powderpuff was very Texan. And I also just thought, you know, the dead grass and the dead trees at practice was very Texan. Yes, very much so. Yeah. And um, of course, all the sweet, sweet racism. Yes. Every time oh, yeah. there's like aggressive <laughs> racism where like, it's kind of a Texas you know, Texas doesn't own racism, but, no. you know, it's definitely... But they like it. They really go hand in hand <laughs> so far. I think and the media, too, the media presence was very, for high school yes. football, is very Texan. I know that y'all didn't have that experience, but <laughs> I mean, I, ha- I could go I could go very deep into my analysis of the media in this episode. Ooh, yes. but, I do have questions yeah. about... <laughs> Some of the, the media stuff. We'll get to that in the breakdown. Yeah. 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 Um, the other Texas thing I had was just that the house that the Williams family goes yes. to work at, which, by the way, is so such a cute scene. I know. Um, but it was just like a classic Texas suburbia house. It lo- like lo- looked like Alito. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I wrote. I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you put that because I was like, oh, my God, this looks like every house like my family toured when we were looking to move. Big time. Yeah. There's something I wish I I was trying to think of what it is specifically, but there's something really uh, like identifiable about Texas suburban houses. And the same here in Colorado. Colorado suburbia is really uh, I mean, it all looks the same, but it's really identifiable. They're all like multi-layer houses with basements and like small yards that slope that are on like crazy slopes and they're all different colors. Um, and then Texas has a similar um, vibe where you could just recognize from a mile away, like a Texas suburb house. Yeah. yeah those like brown tile floors and like yep. kind of the ranch style. Like Spanish yeah. tile. Yes. Love it. Um, yeah. Um, should we do some Tammy time? Oh, I have one more Texas thing. Oh, please, please. Um, I also just feel like it's so Texas, everyone eating together at the Alamo. But it's not just like, it's like all the high school kids. Like at the beginning when they saw Coach Mack on TV, you know, he wasn't just telling his table. He was just like, hey, everyone at the restaurant who I know, Coach Mack is on the TV. And then they just go and turn it up because they just own that place and everyone from the high school is eating there. And it just kind of reminded of me of our high school like eating at Fuzzies or Rosa's, Rosa's after football yep. games or things mm. like that, where it would just be filled with our high school. <laughs> yeah, we just on a Friday the place. Yeah. yeah. I the that. Alamo Freeze, what I noticed too, I don't remember if y'all saw this, there's a little sign that's lit up, an LED sign that says all the way to state in the window. Uh, yeah. And I just thought of Alito because we have like, when it's playoff season, every like sign on a major business in town oh, says cool. something about like, take it to state. Let's go. Like when I was there, it was like three P and now it's like, Oh, let's get our 10th state. So like the whole yeah. town is supporting. That's cool. Yeah. That's very much like, yeah. Well, are there multiple big teams or do they all support like the one high school? It's just one like Alito for now Alito high only has one high school. And I think that's, what's, that's, what's unique about it. So, um, 
Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, let's talk about Tam. Tam Tam. Oh, I can't wait to play that scene at the end with her and oh. Coach debriefing the... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the so... The forum. We had some great, great Tammy moments in this episode. I just yes. love... I mean, anyone's, like, earnest and genuine attempt to help a situation and, like, improve yeah. something is just really sweet to watch and heartbreaking to watch it fail. She, like, really felt like she was providing something helpful for the students and it just totally backfired. I f- oh, yeah. My little heart broke for Tam. And like, she couldn't have done anything else. Like that was exactly the thing to do. Like mm-hmm. have an open forum, talk freely. Um, but yeah, just, I, I liked that it failed though. Cause that was very realistic. Like yeah. high school students aren't mature enough to like, I mean, and even nor <laughs> adults, <are> adults. <laughs> a lot of the time to like have a, you know, not an argument, just a discussion. Absolutely. And especially- yeah. Yeah, especially with kids and especially I feel like the fact that she was white and in a position of power, that part of that is not conducive to like a productive forum either. Um, I don't know. We'll dig into that later. But I loved her, her well-intentioned forum. And then also, yeah, her bonding moment with Coach and her, her, the way that Connie Britton did that like little subtle crying, but holding herself together. Ugh just like wrenches or rings you out like a rag. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. But um, on a lighter note, I loved when at the Powder Puff game, when coach was getting way into it and yelling at Landry. And she oh just my gosh, yells, yes. she just yells this really quickly. <laughs> Calm down, honey. What are you doing? Calm down. So good. Uh, Everything about that game was awesome. Yes, I know. It really (laughs) honestly made me want to play some powder puff. Yeah. I mean, some flag football with women only. Right. Straight (laughs) or lesbian women. (laughs) Separate teams only. All types of women are welcome. All women are welcome. We'll come up with a new new word for... What if we called it power puff? That would be better. That's better. I still want to get away from the puff. Puff, yeah, don't That makes it... Like, Power. what does puff mean in this context? It means fluffy right. and weak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It also is the sorority at Chilton, the school where Rory the attends. The puffs. That's true. The puffs. <laughs> I've been loving seeing this meme. Um, Francie, who's like the head of that uh, sorority, who's like this mean girl. She says something about... Um, how there's all these like rumors going around. She, she goes, it's just folklore. And someone's like made that a meme and it's like my Spotify rap. <laughs> it's just folklore. <laughs> it's just folklore. Yeah. Love it. Love it. What's next? Should we do some fashion? Yeah. Uh, <gasps> fashion. I actually have a lot of fashion notes. Please. Yeah. I, I feel like me out. too. <laughs> I feel like we caught dylan on the weekend this go around and we saw a lot of them in their like uh street clothes <laughs> yeah they're out of their they're out of their robes <laughs> their hogwarts robes <laughs> they're in muggle clothing today yeah which is uh how we refer to non-panther uh related clothes yes to clarify um leah what, what were some of your notes uh, i'm, I'm calling of, on leah <laughs> uh the first one was lots of zip-up hoodies like everybody's yes. wearing one um, I loved it. Women and men. 
Um, Julie thought, and her striped hoodies. I yeah, I thought Smash's no. quarter zip was a step up from the polos. Agree. Same. Agree. She gets the Smash polo issue. And then <laughs> the issue. <laughs> it's, an, it's an issue. Waverly's bringing him out of the polo uh, yes. arena. Yes. I like to. No, I, I love that. Play. That was my first note. The light blue zip up was real cute on Smash. But the pink, the hot pink turtleneck and like the brown <laughs> blazer that the reporter is wearing <laughs> in the first scene. I was like, so what are we, what's happening here? <laughs> what are we doing? Explain to me <laughs> this. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were some hard early 2000s uh, situations going on. Uh, yeah. For instance, I as much as I love Tammy, I hate to say a bad word on her, but... She was wearing, so when Coach finds out that Julie is the quarterback and they, like, go out into the street and they're throwing the ball and yeah. uh, Tammy's watching, she's wearing, like, a knee, below-the-knee denim skirt. Yeah. <laughs> Tucked in, like, flowy shirt with the big old belt. Oh, uh, God. It was very homeschool. Yes. I thought um, Coach's... Dylan Panther sweatshirt was very cute. I thought his plaid at the end was very cute. He was mm. just very cute. Also, I realized how little we've been able to see him without his like Panther windbreaker on. Yeah. He had it off in his office where he's just in his polo. Mm-hmm. Hello, biceps. Hello. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see something you. about his biceps really get me going. Really the does picture, it for me. There was a flexing <laughs> moment. Yeah. Yes. <gasps> They're just Guys, really I gotta go sexy. Back. His arms. The picture that Brad mm. Leland sent us of him and Kyle yes. Chandler. Yeah. yeah. I like it's really nice. <laughs> Me too. His I definitely zoomed in. So <laughs> but the like perspective is messed up because he's like shake he's like reaching around to shake Buddy's hand. So his arms like right in front of the camera. And mm. it's real big. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Speaking um, can of we talk mm, about Oh, go, please. Smash in his Alamo uniform and hat. Y'all, this episode solidified for me that I am Team Smash. I know, right? I was thinking about you during it. (laughs) He was looking good. Yeah, this was a good Smash episode. Um, But can we talk about Landry in his referee uniform? Oh Oh my my gosh. (laughs) So cute. Everything about Landry in this episode and always. Uh, And always, but he looked he looked great. He I could totally see him as a ref. I could too. He really the only NFL referee that I know is a ginge. You know personally, or you just know? Of? No, I know him personally. Oh, oh. he was cool. a. Who? Wait, <laughs> Who what conference is CU in? Uh, Pac- Mountain West, right? Uh, oh, Pac. I think they're Pac-12 now. He's a Pac-12 referee. Yeah. Nice. Shout Leah, out don't, to um, him. <laughs> don't refs make pretty good money? Uh, if you're at that level, yeah. But yeah, the high does school it on the and, side though. <laughs> yeah, high school refs not. I gonna mean, make. they they pay for like your travel and you know all that. But I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a good full time gig. Okay. Yeah, because well, he's yeah, also a, just be in a he season. was like the head of police in Portland. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> he's a, a friend of mine's dad. Damn. He's really cool though. He's awesome. Um, I really wanted to talk to him during all of Portland stuff. Oh, yeah. He's not the police chief anymore, uh, but he was. Wow. We should have him on and just have an episode where we interview him. It has nothing to do with Friday Night Lights. I just want to talk about all that. Okay. Should we close out fashion? Uh, oh, I just had one more thing. Uh, Julie's braids during the powder puff game were fire. 
Very cute. So cute. Great look for her. All right. <laughs> let's do some m- music. Right. Yeah, let's do it. Because there was a song that I know you're going to talk about in this episode that I am obsessed with and is so badass. So I'm going to get closer because the text is small. Come a little um, closer. Yes. And you see. See. That is Cage the Elephant, everybody. Welcome to Musician's Corner. <laughs> um, so these songs in this episode range from 1973 to 2006. And the Texas acts were only explosions in the sky. Mm. Um, there was a lot of like UK... New York, Detroit, North Carolina bands. Um, So not very Texas heavy. Um, So the band I'm actually going to talk about is not Texas, but I just found this kind of interesting. So this song, and I'll play a little bit of it now, plays in the Powder Puff practice. And this band is called The Verge. No, it's not. This band is called Le Tigre, and the song is on The Verge. That was completely wrong. Here we go. I'll play a little bit of it. So they, um, they're an American electronic rock band from new york and they are known for their left-wing socio-political lyrics that often deal with issues of feminism and the lgbt community interesting and they mix punk's directness and politics with playful samples electropop and electronics but the cool thing that i saw that i wanted to point out in 2010 Gray briefly returned from an indefinite hiatus to produce none other than christina aguilera's um my girls from her album bionic i just thought that was very interesting that so that random. band produced christina aguilera maybe she but I could like, kind of like hear liked it. them randomly and and tapped them out. to be a part of it yes i think so and once you kind of listen to that song you can kind of you can kind of hear a little bit of christina vibes or you can just see that that collab would work um but yes of course we're gonna play the song that was at the end yes. of the episode that really badass moment where waverly um hand smash the church keys and he he has all of his um Ugh, all the smash, black like students come such in such a bad boy yes um to you know plan this kind of peaceful protest that they do at the end so um here is lord give me a sign dmx In the name of Jesus, yes. no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Preach. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, thou shalt Preach. condemn. Lord, give me a sign. For this is the heritage of the service of the Lord. Preach. And the righteousness is of me, said the Lord. Preach. Amen. Uh. Lord, give me a sign. I really need to talk to you, Lord. Since the last time we talked, the walk has been hard. Now I know you haven't left me, but I feel like I'm alone. I'm a big boy now, but I'm still not grown. And I'm still going through it. Oh, I love that. It no, was perfect give me choice. A sign. It was so Lord, good. And they're like in a church. Uh, yep. It was lit, yo. It was lit. I hope that I can um, license that to a church <laughs> at my new job. <laughs> hey, DC Talk was like pretty rappy. True. Religious. True, true. Love it. Yeah. So that is Musician's Corner for this episode. It was funny on tune find they they have songs on there that are clearly not in the episode they had you in your hand by pink 
which I'm like, I would have known never that heard song. pink in this show. <laughs> yeah, no. And I like was like, ooh, damn, I remember that song. I kind of love it. But it was not in this episode. So stupid um, tune find. We hate I know. you. We do. But thanks also <laughs> for all you do. But just be more accurate, please. <laughs> please work on your accuracy. Please work on it. Um, shall we roll the tape? Let's do it. Sweet. Alrighty. Got a couple tidbits for y'all. So the director for this episode is Stephen Kay. Um, he directs a number of episodes. Uh, he's from New Zealand. Ooh. I, I can't do a New Zealand accent. I almost just tried and then I stopped myself. So don't yeah, think I'm it's not wise. confident in that accent choice. I got pretty good at it when Flight of the Concords was big. Mm, yes. You know what accent I am trying to perfect is the Margaret Thatcher. The, <laughs> we have just won a war. <laughs> it's like kind of strained and like she like tilts her head. She's like, Leah, what's your best impression? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, really put me on the spot here. I used to be You're able to do a really good impression of my history teacher in high school because he was a football coach. <laughs> Who we all know. Yeah. Yes. So no one knows him, so it really wouldn't be relevant um, (laughs) at all. I actually, I do do a decent Donald Trump. Oh, yes. Let's hear it. it. Tell me about whether or not the election was rigged, Leah. I mean, excuse Mm. me, Mr. Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump. (laughs) Um, She just pursed her lips to get ready. (laughs) I really want to hear it. Um, I actually, I really want to just do something where he says the word fantastic. Do it. Oh, the election yes, is You know, when I won the election, it was just, it was just fantastic. The world celebrated. <laughs> Nobody knows how much, how great I am as a, as a, as a leader. I'm the best leader there ever, ever was. Ever was. <laughs> you know, he really does have a weird breathiness to his voice. It's yes, like, and he's always so the hyperbolic. The lip thing really helps. Yeah, like the, he's like the duck does. lip. <laughs> Uh, um, my yes. favorite is Monica's uh, Bella Swan. Jacob, Jacob, um, I, I love, I love Edward. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go jump off the cliff, right? And then Jacob is like, Bella, you can't have sex with Edward. You're a human. What are you thinking, Bella? Bella. Oh my god. Stupid uh, Jacob. Anywho, back to film. Oh, Stephen Kay also directed this new show that I keep hearing about called Yellowstone. Have yes. you heard about yeah. it? Yeah. My, it's my to be family good. loves it. Apparently it's I quite couldn't... raunchy. I know. I, I only watched the first episode, so I really didn't give it that much, but yeah. I couldn't. It was just very like cowboys and Indians. <laughs> like, I just, it, it's <laughs> one it of those like shows. Racist? No, but it's just, it's one of those shows that kind of needs to decide if it's hokey or serious. It's like in yeah. between. And so I like I was like I can't really take this seriously, and I don't feel like it, this is fun enough. Um, Woody Allen's movies are kind of like that; they kind of yeah, are but, awkward, like quirky but serious. Yeah, but it's a it's it's, it's a very different vibe. I but people love it. I I yeah. should give it another shot. So yeah, I might try it. My my aunt was telling me it's quite good. Um, yes. He also directed more Sons of Anarchy. Really, a lot of overlap. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um. I also read, which I will need Leah to maybe correct me if this is wrong, but apparently it would be pretty rare to play your first playoff game at home. Mm, no, not necessarily, no. actually. Uh, 
it depends if you are favored, you know, like if you're playing a team that you know you're going to win against and you're seated higher, then you're definitely going to host. So if Permian is like, you know, they're playing a team that is definitely probably not going to win, then they're going to host that first round. But then the rest from there are probably going to be neutral sites. Yeah. Interesting. I was also curious because we've talked about this once or twice. How unusual would it be to lose two games and go to the playoffs? Uh, it, de- it really depends on like where you are in like in Texas and like what your mm. conference is. Um, I know that my team tend to like would go undefeated in district. Yeah. And I think there was one year that we lost to Weatherford and yeah. uh, still made the playoffs and still won state, whatever. Um, OK, so you can you can have a few losses under your belt. Yeah, and still but make it's it really not common, though. I would think yeah. that, like, because, I don't know, high school district, you usually kind of feel like you've got it in the bag by then, so. Yeah, I felt like it was kind of uh, unusual for them to lose twice um, yeah. going into the playoffs. But anyways, anyway, um, the writer of this episode is our, our old bud, Peter Berg. Yes. Um, creator of the show and that in the breakdown um, after this, we'll, we'll have Leah tell us all about him as he was a big part of her project, I believe. Yes. Um, and he follows that Friday Night Lights fan account that followed that. us <laughs> and shared our podcast. So, you know, hey, Pete, hope you're listening. Pete, we love you. Come on the show. <laughs> we love you. <ya. laughs> um, the other thing I looked up since this episode was really heavy on Coach Mac, we've talked before about how he with. He looks so much like the assistant coach in Remember the Titans. Um, yes. I did look it up. It's not him. The same guy? No, nope. I knew that. Yeah. They don't even actually look that similar. It's just a similar vibe. And that the f- fact that they're both named Coach Mac is just I funny. couldn't even find the coach, a, a co- assistant coach character on the IMDb page. There's like the oh, white weird. coach and the and the black coach, Denzel Washington. Right. Coach Yost even... and Coach yeah. Herman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Herman Boone. Coach Boone. Yeah. Ugh, love that. But anyways, uh, this Coach Mac, um, his name is Blue. Blue Decker. <laughs> wow. Blue. Okay. I just don't, I just want to call him old Blue. Like if old you ever, blue. he's just like big and old, just all old Blue. Um, but he's been in a, a smattering of TV shows uh, throughout the 2000s. He was in a few episodes of West Wing, a few episodes of ER, Malcolm in the Middle, Walker, Texas Ranger. Um, he's just been in like one or two episodes of a ton of stuff. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So Old Blue, Old Blue is like number one B-roll or like B character, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> and his name is Blue, so it works. Old Blue. BB. Um, and I believe that's all I have for this episode. Love it. Leah, do you have any fun facts? I mean, if you wanted me to like compare the characters to the book characters, they're all very loosely based. Um, but also, I will say um, what I did learn in like my research that I didn't end up using is that TV shows tend to be catered to women, whereas movies are more catered to men. So interesting. Friday Night Lights, the movie was more for the guys, which is why. It really didn't address relationships as much. It was more about just the football game. Mm -hmm. And people were actually really mad about the book that came out because the book was basically this sociological examination of Odessa, Texas through the lens of its football team. And basically 
they were expecting it to be a book that celebrated their culture, but it more so criticized it. And so the movie kind of served as like, as like this peace offering because Buzz Bissinger, who wrote the book, um, is cousins with Peter Berg, who is the director. Oh, I didn't know that. And Peter Berg directed both the movie and the TV show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maintained the rights to it through, like, multiple moves. It took him 12 years to get the right script for the film. And Interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, and so they wanted that to be kind of like, oh, okay, we're going to delete the racism aspect, and we're going to just make the movie about football, so, like, the guys will come and watch it and bring their girlfriends to the theater and all that. But then the TV show, like, more women watch TV shows. And so the TV show is more about relationships and mm-hmm. That's why we see, we're starting to see these themes that were in the book are now in the TV show, but they're fictionalized. So you can mm, do whatever gotcha. you want with the plot, even though it's loosely based. But we could, we get a little bit more about the relationships, right? And like mm-hmm. some of the situations that they're addressing or the things that were brought up in the book. So I really don't know which one is better, you know? Yeah, that yeah. is interesting. They both sort of like, if you were to, if they were to have a baby, it would be the book. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that's the best way I can explain it. Um, <laughs> it, it worked for me. <laughs> that is super interesting. Um, I could definitely see that. And as the TV show goes on, I'm sure based on what they were shooting for, but also what their viewership was looking like after the first season, they continue to decrease the like role of football in the TV show and continue to for it to like highlight more the town and the relationships. And in that way, they are telling a lot more of the like subtext that was in the book. Yeah, uh, exactly. From the movie. And I remember when my brother, like we watched the show when it first came out and we were watching it together and he was like, there's not enough football. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Guys complain about that with the show. It's like, girls sometimes don't want to watch it because they think it's too much football football. yeah and then the guys watch it and they're like there's not enough football i think there's a perfect amount like i think they do a really good job like you can't i mean you can't watch 76 episodes of just football like no what what do you expect you can watch a movie just about football but like a show's got to have a lot other Mm -hmm. stuff going on and i was just talking about this with my brother-in-law because he likes football and watching football um and we were saying he would enjoy the show but he was like, but I'm like, not that into football. Like, I don't really understand the tech or like care about like the technicalities or the rules. Just like enjoy the like emotions of the sport and the, mm-hmm. and the, the watching the sport in general. And I was like, then you'd love the show because this is yeah. the movie or this is the like Hollywood version of football. Right. Um, it's only the like f- cool emotional parts, the big catches, the Hail Marys, yep. the touchdowns. And, and the locker room speeches. And I was like, this is cherry picked all of the parts that I think that it's like football for people who don't like football, but it's like just enough football for people who do like football. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, definitely. It's funny the the references, like the, the characters that are in the show are definitely very similar to the characters that are in the book. Um, mm-hmm. So like Matt Saracen is Mike Winchell from the book. Mike Winchell was the quarterback of the of Odessa Permian and his father um died and he had a sick mother who worked at a convenience store and they lived in a very small house and were kind of poor yeah um yeah okay cool the most notable one is like 
Smash is based off of Booby Miles. I know that's a funny name. <laughs> Booby. Yeah. So Booby Miles is, is this Mr. like <laughs> larger than life, like running back. He's bound for any like big top program. And he's kind of this big guy on the team, but he's from the south side of Odessa. Um, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of problems with that. And yeah. uh, Tim Riggins is Don Billingsley, which in the movie, Don Billingsley's dad is Tim McGraw. Love yes. it. And Don's like a, the playboy, like um, party guy. And same thing, like tailback, doesn't really want to go to college. He's not very smart. But yeah, and I think just like the even the names that Peter Berg uses throughout the They're entire similar. television show, um, you know, later seasons, you got J.D. McCoy. Well, that's like Colt McCoy. Wait, uh, I cannot Aitman. wait to dig into Jeremy Sumter's role in the show. Right. right. <laughs> Wade Aitman, like Troy Aikman, Dallas Troy Cowboys. Aikman. Like, come on. Like, yep. It's almost like... <laughs> I got it's a little like, sloppy there. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so, so true. Yeah. Um, is Southside Odessa, like, is that a predominantly black neighborhood? Yeah. So if you remember the TV show in like the beginning of this episode, it says that Permian's the last high school to integrate. That's true. Right? Oh, yeah. In Odessa, Odessa High, like uh, the Odessa High School education system, you know, Permian High School, Odessa High School did not integrate until 1982. Whoa. Whoa. That wow. was... Like yeah. under 40 years ago. Just if you think about it, day. like yeah. the Brown versus Board of Education. It was in like 60. 1955. Wow. And then most Texas high schools were integrated by 1969. And Except get, my dad, grew, growing up in Fort Worth, went to McLean. McLean yeah. Middle School. I yeah. think McLean Middle School. He says he remembers when they integrated, which have been, would have been late 60s, 70s. Wow. And that same yeah. desegregation order for Odessa Permian wasn't lifted until 2010 when they could officially declare that they were fully what? integrated. Wow. Yeah. That's upsetting. I know. That's crazy. Um, but it's God, that's like a, that's like Parks and Rec when they're, they're looking at the old byline oh or gosh, the, yes. the laws. And um, Donna goes, oh, my God, black people still can't legally use city sidewalks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my that's gosh, horrible. that's really wow. interesting. I, and I will say one thing about <clears throat> Texas in that because it's so spread out, I think that the way that things since the way that things developed after segregation, quote unquote, ended, um, I think it's more common to have really heavily black neighborhoods still in Texas. It's still really segregated because it's so spread out. There wasn't a ton of like urbanization or anything like there were in other bigger areas. Um I think there's just so much room for everybody that a lot of those families have been living in that those neighborhoods for since it, things were segregated. Like in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. uh, there's a neighborhood called Como yep. that was originally a part of segregation, and it's still predominantly black and poor neighborhood. Um, yeah. We'll get into all of that because I want to talk about when we break it down, I want to talk about Miss um, Williams' application for that house loan. Oh, yes. yes. Um, should we... Right. Was well. I got to do Mon's plane. Um, okay. Really quick. Yeah. Oh, so. there's a lot in this episode. Yeah, I just have a cute, cute, small little things. I don't know why I said cute. I just have a cute. I bet fact. it's cute. It's cute. Um, <laughs> no, but thanks, Leah. That was super interesting. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk more about that in the breakdown. Um, I'll do a quick Mon's plane before we get there. 
so first I want to talk about the awesome play that was at the very beginning. Um, so it's so cute. Like coach t- tells Matt that they're doing this play and he's like, really that one? Like I'm excited. Um, and so he, and okay, Leah, I want to also say, you said, you know, there's been episodes where you're like, you're so close, like literally like text or DM me. Cause I want yeah. to be right. I will not find that annoying. So we'll please put it correct in our me anytime. Corners. These got exactly. really complicated. Uh, yeah. I wish I like kind of knew how to, um, how plays were called, like how plays were named. I, know. I was trying to look oh, yeah. that up. Um, but I, yeah, I know certain things like, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and give it your best shot. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, I didn't get super detailed, but just in the future, if I do get super detailed, um, but it was super cool. Basically Matt, like lateral passes to Riggins and then who lateral passes to smash. And before you know it, Matt's kind of becoming a wide receiver instead of a quarterback and he's down the field and smash throws it. And that's just super, super unlikely um, for the, you know, running back to take the ball and um, throw it to the quarterback. So that was a really cool trick play. Would that be that... a special play? It's trick play. Yeah. Category. Oh, trick play. Trick. Yeah. Trick. Um, but yes, of course, I'm going to talk about chop block because that's one of I love that Riggins <laughs> moment. <laughs> So that made me want to chop punch block? him in the face. And then one cool. girl's like, Let's I go. do. I'm like, first of all, I want to know what chop block is so that when I know what it is, I can make fun of them having one cheerleader know what it is. I know. <laughs> Say she could do it. She's like, he's like, anyone know how to chop block? All right, all right let's go. come on. So a chop block is an attempt by an offensive player to cut block a defensive player while the defender is already engaged by another offensive player. The chop block is usually considered illegal and penalized by a loss of 15 yards due to the injury risk it prevents to the defender. So it's not even a legal thing. So then I w- needed to break it down further. So I looked up what a c- what cut blocking is. Cut blocking is an offensive line technique. So the O-line that's, um, you know. They, pre- they um, protect the quarterback. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, Cut blocking is an O-line technique that consists of an offensive player knocking a defensive player down by hitting his knees. Yeah. So that's cut blocking. Um, So a chop block is an attempt by an offensive player to hit a defensive player in the knees Mm -hmm. while the defender is already engaged by another player. It's like a slide tackle. Does it mean like engaged like he's being guarded or like he's He's already being tackled? I think they're like Mm -hmm. in a, um, what do they call it in rugby? Uh, a scrum. Oh my god! I think they're in a menage a trois. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, menage a trois is better. Oh. Well, the chop block would make it a menage a trois. Yeah. Right, right. So why um, the fuck does that girl know how to do that? I have no she idea. She totally doesn't. She's I know. So I mean, if Riggins asked me to chop block, I would chop block. You know, I would chop block. <laughs> I'd break some knees. I'd y'all. chop block all over their yeah. faces. <laughs> their faces. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this episode, Blinders. Oh, I did uh, just remember what my best impression is, though. It's what? not a human, but I can do a really, really good meow. Do it. <laughs> is that is there a cat on the podcast? <laughs> oh, it's just Carly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, somebody Beautiful. just chop blocked me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's break all it right. down all right let's do it all right panthers win panthers win and i loved yes. uh just catching the end of this first playoff game not too much football but just just a fun amount. yeah yes and 
I thought it was interesting. You know, you see Tim's dad in the stands, but that storyline doesn't go anywhere. I, yeah. He's also in the locker room. Oh, was he? Yeah. After the game, he was like standing behind Tim. Crazy. So that was a little weird. I think we get a follow up later, but that was interesting that the last episode ended with that as like the big note. And then it was just like not a thing. Uh, they do that sometimes, <clears throat> as we'll get into uh, when we start talking about Smash and Waverly. Um, I yes. loved Tim now that like after I knew what the play was, because they lead in with you not knowing and everyone's just smiling. And Tim says to Matt, he's like, how are your hands feeling? And Matt yeah. goes, pretty good. And he's know, they're both cute. smiling. I loved that. Um, oh, yeah. I wrote last high school to integrate. Um, I was curious about that, but we just talked about it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Um, oh, I was curious. So we've talked about, wondered this before on the show about how realistic it is that there would be that much press. Yeah. Like interviewing the play, like having Saturday interview sessions on the field, having reporters in the locker room. Is that normal? Yeah, but not in the locker room. That's what I found kind of okay. weird. Okay. Um, like you, you'll be in the locker room for uh, for professional football or maybe mm-hmm. college football, but high school, you're definitely not in the locker yeah. room. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, and you usually like catch them like right as they're coming off the field. Yeah, or right. after they go meet with their coach in the locker room, they come out of the locker room, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go up with you, go up with your notebook, and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. But right. It was strange to me that so the woman with like the crazy turtleneck and blazer combo <laughs> with a stupid jacket she's yes. asking all these questions and like she's doing a good job i will say yeah. um, it was very aggressive for a high school locker room yeah. reporting yeah but these are these are the tough questions and um but she has a microphone so there's no camera filming <laughs> and that guy she has like a, a guy with her yeah, yeah and it should maybe have a camera. <laughs> right. And I was like, I don't know if that guy's another reporter who's writing down things because right. we as reporters, we will go into a scrum of people <laughs> and like compete to ask questions. And so she's right. asking these questions and I'm like, if she has a microphone, where's the where's the camera? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so where was this good point. was this printed or was this like streamed on lo- like was this put maybe online? since it was so long ago her microphone is plugged into like a cassette tape recorder that's in her pocket <laughs> yeah, yeah but i couldn't decide if she was a tv reporter or a newspaper mm. reporter like was this yeah. printed or was this aired on television y'all it was probably that's a true. podcast it was, <laughs> the first, it was the first podcast. podcast yes um let's play that scene um yeah because this is what starts off the whole thing you worried about next week's game against Dunstan Valley? Well, you know something we don't. Almost all-white team had some trouble recently with that hazing of a player in blackface. Uh, we don't give a dang about all that. We're just going down there to play football and God willing, come away one game closer to state. Are you saying that race isn't an issue for the Dillon Panthers, Mac? No, sir, it's not. Yet Dillon was one of the last high school teams in Texas to be integrated. Only one black quarterback in 40 years, Voodoo Tatum, he left after two games. Which had nothing to do with the skin color. Look, you show me a red or a black or a green player here in Dillon that's better than Matt Saracen, and he's got the job, all right? What about Smash Williams? He played quarterback on JV. He's got quite an arm. Smash for quarterback. Yeah. I believe Smash is better suited for the position he's in. How do you mean? Well, guys like Smash and Baxter and even Voodoo, they, they got a natural gift for running the ball. All three are black. Are you saying this gift has something to do with their skin color? What I'm saying, Karen, and I'm saying it in a good way, is that guys like Smash are, are fearless. They're dangerous. They're like junkyard dogs. I mean, you want them carrying the ball. You want them tearing up turf out there. 
So let me get this straight. Whites like Saracen make better quarterbacks because they're inherently smarter. Well, you want to put it that way, you could. But yeah, I'm not saying that all black guys are, are, are dumb. I'm just yeah. saying that they have I need to talk to you. Coach, just hey, Coach, you're not Coach, just about- Ooh, he really got into it. Like, what? It just spirals and spirals and spirals. That was one of those where you're just cringing. You're like, get out of there, get out of there, get out of there. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, it's interesting because it goes from like that, like kind of implicit racism to explicit racism. Like he's Mm -hmm. he's first saying, you know, no, he has a natural talent. Like he's saying that like even to make that distinction is, is a little tricky. But he's like, no, I'm saying it is a good thing. And he's trying to make it okay. And then the junkyard dogs mm-hmm. and then the um, literally like doesn't deny that he's saying that white people are smarter. Like what? Like, it well, just I explodes. think that this is a really pervasive and I'm curious uh, to Leah's perspective on this. Yeah. I think this is a really pervasive thing in football culture. At least it was in my childhood growing up and is that white boys make good quarterbacks because they're smart and black people play other roles, not roles, yeah. positions. There it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We know football. And I think obviously that's something that is under the microscope right now and being challenged. But I think it's still really pervasive, that that concept. It is. Yeah. I mean, I was watching the Texas-Kansas State game actually on Saturday. And um, I follow one of the Texas reporters and he was like, ah, yes, like another day where the uh, commentators are praising all the black players for their athleticism. Yeah. And um and not how and their intelligent they are. Yeah. Yeah. So this They're is like s- smart players, quote unquote. Yeah. Right. right. Like this and then if you look at you look at the number of head coaches who are black in the NFL, there's not enough. And assistant yeah. coaches, not enough. That's a huge problem. Especially since you're in a sport where like the majority of the people who make it to that level are black. So why so- are they not coaching? Exactly. So this is something that um, because I work for a charter school network, we like serve a lot of underprivileged kids, which are typically minorities. That's a Mm -hmm. whole other thing. Um, But our sports, our head of the sports programs, whatever, held a forum or a panel about this, about uh, coaching in color or whatever he called it. Um, And there were black leaders uh, from sport from the sport industry speaking and they said it was something like less than 10% or even a smaller number than that um, are head coaches in college and the NFL. And the percentage of players who are black is got to be, I don't know, Leah, I'm estimating like 70 to 80%. It's got to be like 80, 90. I mean, like, especially if you look at like the NFL, I mean, I would say Mm -hmm. 80, you know? Um, Yeah. There was a really great piece done a few years ago where ESPN had a writer who broke down each position by race and which race dominated each position. Oh, wow. And yeah, and it was it was staggering because, you know, you find the white quarterback thing and then mm-hmm. you find all the skill positions like wide receiver and safety and all those big ones. Those are all dominated by black players. And it's like, you know, there were a lot of black players who were interviewed who were like, yeah, I played quarterback in high school, but, you know, when I went into college, I, you know, took mm-hmm. on a different position because I was told I couldn't be a quarterback because I wasn't smart enough. Um, Gosh. And then people are so shocked when black like players are intelligent. It's like, well, they, they know the game because mm-hmm, they've right. made they're it smart. to that level. Yeah. You know? They're incredible players and they're smart because they're, <laughs> they're in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's though, interesting yeah. to, they talked about, I mean, how few minorities are 
in coaching positions, but also just leadership positions Mm -hmm. in sports, but also in football at all, even like in reporting, in sports management, sports advertising, predominantly white, all of those industries. Yeah. Yeah. I thought if you, if we go back to the episode where you've got the interview here, right? And I would say in a normal situation, you wouldn't ask why isn't Smash Williams the quarterback? Because Smash Williams is a top recruit at running back. You would never ask why he's not quarterback. But the only reason she asked that is like, well, he threw a really impressive pass that night. Right, yeah. right. And so I went back and forth. I'm like, okay, why would she even ask that question? Mm-hmm. But as far well, she, as like, yeah. she's you know, touching digging. on- Yeah, I think touching yeah, on to like story. the issues of the other high school, I thought that was pretty valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's a similar moment like this and Remember the Titans. He says- um, Oh, I yeah. Uh, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's- uh, It's similar to- Explicitly racist, something yeah. about- yeah, a similar situation. Um, but yeah, I like what you said, Monica, about how he moves from like implicit to explicit racism. The, far, the harder he gets pushed, his racist bias um, upbringing and opinions or whatever, um, once they put the pressure on and he can't tiptoe around his racism with his words anymore, yeah. um, it comes out. Yeah. Oof. So let's it was tough. Uh, segue that into the Williams trying to purchase a home. So I love that they wove this in. It was kind of a subtle way of continuing to address racism in the town. Yeah. Um, Less, less in your face with like a reporter and, and, you know, a slip up like coach Max. Um, But just the simple uh, task of applying for a loan to get a house. And she was promised a loan. She seemed, she said, that the woman told her that they would qualify for the loan. They had every reason to qualify and they get denied. And this is one of the like number one reasons that minorities get pushed into low income neighborhoods. Often they have, they have a lower rate of receiving loans than white people. And she's a single mom and she's black. So they don't, they implicitly don't believe that she's going to be able to pay off that loan. Yeah. Did you, did you already say that that's called redlining? No, no, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been like, I'm, I'm actually reading a a book called Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria? Um, and it's by this uh, really brilliant woman. And it's very, it's it's good because it's not, I mean, it's emotional because of the topic that it's talking about. It's obviously just naturally emotional, but it's very, very well researched and very factual. Um, and it, yeah, it talks about, I mean, it's just like, it's in the statistics. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like it's it's there and you you don't have to go searching for it like it's just like a it's a very clear problem yeah well and it used so it used to be law right um, where black people were allowed to live and that's what the redlining was yeah Um, and then now as uh, some minorities have access to better jobs or better education they want to move into better neighborhoods and very often they're or they're just more likely it's more likely for their loans to get denied even yeah. though they have the same income and the same uh, profile, basically, as the white person next door, they may apply for the same loan. The black person is less likely to get it. Right. And I love I love that moment uh, that Smash kind of, you know, he gets pissed. Yeah. And he's like, I want to talk to a manager. This is ridiculous. Ugh, and another amazing uh, yep. Corinna Williams moment as she looks at him with her, like, the intensity in her voice. Uh, she's like, look, at, look around you. Like, look at all these people waiting for you to become mm-hmm. that junkyard dog that they think you are. Yeah. Um, expecting him to be violent just because he is upset. Um, 
uh, I just loved that that was like a more subtle way to address the racism in the town. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and a different aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that, yeah, it really clearly expressed the really difficult position that um, people of color are in in those situations because it's like, I'm really mad and this is this is not right. Like I have every right to be angry mm-hmm. and yell and, and whatever, but I also have to toe this line between not becoming the stereotype that you think that I am even though I'm becoming that because you are making yeah. that situation this way. So it's like, it's such a, you know, well, catch it's like 22. the protests, you know, yeah. when they get criticized for violently protesting, um, you know, they, they're they upset because they've been pushed at that point. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought that was a really great scene and kind of ahead of its time. This it, would really, have been it really was. And what was telling? to me was they had a security officer kind of peering into mm-hmm. the office and you could see him start to like think, you know, start to kind of lean in and think he's going to take action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting to me. I, when I was doing my research on Odessa and um, you know, the situation with the desegregation order um, basically they shut down their, basically their all black high school on the South side. Mm-hmm their minority yeah. school, quote unquote, Ector. And um, Odessa High and Permian High fought over who would get those minorities because of football. And so mm-hmm. Permian, which we see some of this element in later seasons, Permian boosters and stuff kind of like got together with the local government and drew these lines that zoned all the like all the talented black players from the South Side to Permian. And so, you know, you see they'd often have these really long commutes. I spoke with like um, a guy who used to play football at Permian in the 2000s. And he said, yeah, I went to like junior high um, far away when there was another junior high literally two steps away from me um, because I wanted to play football for Permian because that's where all the black kids went. Mm-hmm. And to play football. And it, it's like those lines still exist today because yeah. of football in Odessa, Texas. And so, yeah, like seeing Smash Williams, he, he obviously, his house is on a totally different side of town than everybody mm-hmm. else's, even like the Riggins and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Lots, lots in this episode. A lot to unpack. And just to yes. recognize that we are three white women talking about this. Yeah. So, yeah we are open to any level of criticism um, or follow-up or Feedback. thoughts that you have yeah. um, to contribute to this conversation. Um, we're just doing our best. Yeah. We're just having an open forum, y'all. Open forum, Moderated, yeah. moderated by Tammy. Um, um, let's talk about Julie um, skipping class. I know being a bad girl with Tyra, she's stealing yeah. lipstick and skipping class. Bad girl. Um, yeah. Although I will say she was skipping PE and PE is stupid. Yeah. Yes. And I, that's the class that I would usually (laughs) skip. (laughs) I would skip if we were playing dodgeball. Yes. It was horrible. I I have PTSD from that, those dodgeball games. All the boys would get this like manic look in their eyes and they would pummel you. Pummel. No matter what, how, what size you were, girl, boy, friend, enemy, you just get annihilated. I still have anxiety thinking about that whistleblower where you have to run up and get the yes. balls and oh then run God. back. I just start, I just stopped doing it. I'm like, I'm going to hang back here, y'all, and I'll same. find a ball I back just here same thing. do my I thing. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, um, Jason's back at school as well. Yes. Um, yes. I do. I want to talk about that 
Yeah. Um, but first, do you want to play Landry's uh, opening speech? To... Uh, the pheromones? Oh, my God. Yes. Well, yes. yes, I want to play that. But in a second, his opening speech to the Powder Puff meeting. Oh, sure. Landry has some wonderful things to, to say about this game we call football in this opening <laughs> scene. Why is he here? This is going to be so awkward. Ladies, ladies, over here. I'm Landry Clark, your official Powder Puff referee. Just wanted to start things off and say, uh, let's just keep this clean and let's just play this, this beautiful game and in the spirit that it was meant to be played in. Thank you, Landry. They're like, Landry, shut <laughs> I'm just picturing him, like, reading the flyer that's like, we need one volunteer to be the referee for Powderpuff. And Landry's like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I also loved um, Julie being like, oh, why is Matt here? It's going to be so awkward. Like, that's so true when you're, like, mad at someone. You're like, oh. uh, totally. in high school, it's like, oh, this is so awkward. And between her and Tyra having to go and Matt and Tim being the coaches, I just loved that. So good. I would totally be pissed off, too, that they picked other girls. <laughs> What's Same. Like, I, lo- I love Matt's move, though, that he picked Tyra first. Yes, I do, yeah. too. Um, can I have Tyra, please? <laughs> also and smart, because she's she's tall. Yeah, I bet she's yeah. an athlete. Yeah. yeah. I'd pick she her, too. She definitely played volleyball, right? Yeah. But then I would also get pissed off at Tim being like, does anyone know Chuck Buck? And just picking that girl. <laughs> Obviously, you're supposed to pick the one you're attracted to most first. Right. And then pick the Those other Those are the ones. high school team picking rules. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. Jason goes back to school. Um, I Obviously, this was like very <laughs> reminiscent. Brought back all the memories of oh, having yeah. to leave high school for cancer treatment. And then when you come back and it's just like, it's fucking awkward. Yeah. Leah, how old were you? I was 15. Okay. So same thing. Yeah. Like same age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you go back to school, it's like, just like Jason, everyone's happy to see you and glad you want to participate. But to every, in everyone else's eyes, you're there to like do your best. Yeah. But right. They don't have any expectations. Um, I just, I hate that feeling. And it's clear that Jason does too. Like when the teacher, when he's struggling to dissect the frog and the teacher's yep. like, we don't expect any, any we don't expect you to do any more than what you're doing. You know, right. and you're like, and he's like, I, I want to try to <laughs> Yes. Um, and that was how it felt. It felt like I was pretending to go to school. I'd sit in yeah. class, but then teachers would be like, you don't have to take this test. Uh, <laughs> if you're not prepared, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And I, I would just sit there and like, pretend that this was normal for me yeah. to like I don't know I felt like I was in a tv show or like watching a play or something yeah well I love that it showed you know Jason at school and then Jason with his um his quad rugby friends because he's like he's just so he wants to be with the people that are going through the same thing he is yeah. like so naturally and um I just like seeing that parallel because he yeah he just does not fit in at school as he is now, like he, he's like, who am I? Like I was the, you know, quarterback with the girlfriend and now Mm -hmm. who am I? And like, yeah, when you have a life altering event like that, every, any space that you used to occupy in a certain way is going to feel abnormal. And it's really, I feel like it's really normal to seek out new environments, new friends, new people. Um, Because when you return to those old spaces, every little thing reminds you of your injury or your 
disability or whatever, like the way you used to stand at your locker, this door you used to open every day that you can no longer reach the handle or Mm -hmm. um, everything. Everything is yelling at you. Like, remember you remember this, remember this, remember this. Yeah. Um, And he asks Herc, when is it going to be normal? And I I loved Herc's. I mean, Herc just says, boy, high school is never normal. But he kind of deflects it because like it's not it's just not going to be normal. Yeah, it's not going to be like it was. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I'm glad that he's back, though. Like, I I like Mm -hmm. that we're furthering his storyline because I felt like we've kind of forgotten about him a little. I mean, we haven't, but like he's just kind of been nothing's really changed for him. And it was getting kind of stale, especially with the like Lila. We're getting married. Proposal. Jason's fighting with buddy Garrity, you know, right. <laughs> I actually forgot that they were engaged when he's talking about like, I'm going to go to Beijing and whatever. And she's like, what about us? And I was kind of like, yeah. Oh yeah. They're like dating. I'm like, oh no, wait, they're engaged. Like he really needs to factor too. in. Like, like th- I thought you wanted to spend the rest of your life your with me life and with me? <laughs> you're making all these plans. Um, Boy, they, um okay. So yes. coach pulls, uh, coach Mac out of the room to tell him that he has to do an apology. Uh, love that coach Mac was doing driver's head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, that's what that was. Okay. I thought he was teaching you a, a class. Coach, coach Mac's uh, driver's ed class. Okay. Thank you. Cause I was like, why is he telling them to get out their license? Like I thought it was, I thought he was at the school and he was like teaching a class. But yeah. 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 Cause he shouts at them. He's like, you gotta read your book if you want your license or something. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I loved what coach had to say. In, in very Coach Taylor, like, few words. Yeah, I'm going to say Saying a lot with a few words. Okay, sweet. Been listening to the radio, huh? I just got done talking to the superintendent. They're getting calls from newspapers and stations all over the state. Like they got nothing else better to do. You need to issue a public apology. Apology for what? For being truthful? That's not the way people heard it. But what people? A bunch of them PC sons of bitches trying to get my job. I'm afraid it's not just a bunch of sons of bitches. Well, all right. You're telling me that you think Matt Saracen has as much natural ability you know as a smash? You? What I'm telling you is that it's not too damn smart to be making generalizations about people's abilities based on their color. Think about that. That's what I'm saying. All right, all right. What's done yes. is done. No apology's going to change that. I'm not making a request. <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah, I love that he... You know, he's like, it's not about what you're saying. Like, it's it's the overarching fact that you made a generalization about a race. Like, yes. Even if it was, it, I mean, first of all, it was negative. But even if it was completely positive, like, that's mm-hmm. still not okay. And even if Smash does have more natural ability, it's yeah. not okay and not accurate to say that it's tied to his the color of his skin. Right. Um, yeah, I loved his, his response. But also, I like, Coach Mac says, oh, those sons of bitches, PR... Uh, PC sons of bitches. PC sons of bitches. And coach, because I feel like that's an, an initial uh, when you are being getting defensive and reacting to something yeah. emotionally. The first thing you're going to do is degrade the people who are calling you out. Say, oh, I mean, we've learned if we've learned anything from uh, Trump. Uh, yep. The first thing you do is degrade and uh, de-credit. De- no. De- discredit. Discredit. Yeah. There you go. Discredit the people who are <laughs> calling you out. And then Coach is just like, they're not sons of bitches. These are regular, intelligent, adult Normal humans people. who yeah. are upset by what you said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I I just like that Coach gets it and just lays it out for him. He's like, I'm not, this is not a request. Yeah, this was you wrong. You're doing it. So, yeah. 
Coach Mac. I truly, always. I hadn't heard the term PC until like Trump's election. I don't know about really? y'all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I, it wasn't, I felt like, because we grew up in Texas, like everybody was talking about being like how being politically correct was Bullshit. Stealing our freedoms. Yeah, like stealing our freedoms. Yeah. So y'all can't see my sarcastic face. That was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I had n- I really didn't hear that term tossed around a lot until Trump's election mm-hmm. because everybody was complaining about the media. So I thought it was yeah. funny that he was he said PC that really stood out to me. I noticed it, it, too, but in a different way, I felt like it it seemed actually like an old word. Really? Yeah, I feel like I, I've heard actually it. heard that for a while. Now it's more like woke or whatever. Like PC was kind of the first one. And mm-hmm. shout out to our Kids Who Care fam. Um, there was a song called Mr. PC, give us oh. a clue. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned and I didn't even know what PC meant. I was like in second grade or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I just remember people saying growing up, people saying it always with aggression or yeah. a negative connotation. Where right. Like, oh, is this is this? Oh, sorry, that may not be PC, PC in the same way that he used it. Like, oh, those PC sons of bitches. Like it's, it was always um, derogatory. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. An inconvenience to uh, try to adhere to political correctness. Okay. So Waverly's back. Very happy to have yeah. her back. Love that she's <laughs> back. Curious where she was. Yeah. Did she go back to Africa? Like <laughs> They were just like, we're not going to do their relationship for two episodes and then yeah. we'll be back. <laughs> and maybe even more. It was either two or like three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I put Mac apologizes <laughs> with quotes around it. Um, yeah, they watched it that. Pretty upsetting. He's staring at a piece of paper. like, And he says like two sentences. It was yeah. so it short. Of, yeah. It reminds me of Dwight's apology in the office. He's like, <laughs> I am sorry. Did you really have to read that off a piece of paper? Right. I cannot memorize it because I do not feel it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it was pretty pathetic. But there was yeah. one conversation during that scene that was important and informational, which is Landry's lesson on pheromones. Yes, let's play that. I was reading up on pheromones last night. I really think they work. There's no smell that's going to make Julie not hate me anymore. A lot of studies have shown that responses to odors depend on emotions felt whenever that odor was first smelled. Okay, even if that wasn't the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. I mean, I don't even know what kind of smell that Julie would like. Well, I mean, she likes her dad, doesn't she? (laughs) So why don't you figure out what type of soap he uses? I need to get that kind of soap. Speaking of PC, another I know R-bomb. I hate that. I know it was like I love this scene. Why did you have to ruin it with that? But um, oh my gosh, so funny. She likes her dad. Final what kind of soap he uses? <laughs> oh, it reminds so me of good. Gilmore Girls when the weird roommate is like talking about musks. She's like, you should work up a nice musk before yeah, your date. Jog around the room a little bit. Work up a nice. She's musk. gonna have a nice musk. <laughs> I did have uh, an ex-boyfriend who had a nice musk. Claimed that Very he musky. could smell me long after I had like left. Left. <laughs> it was your pheromones, babe? Yeah. yeah. He was like, I don't know. Like sometimes I can just like it smells like you, and I'm just like, that's weird. <laughs> that's like, weird. Okay. Don't tell me that. <laughs> it's weird. I like. I mean, obviously, people have smells, or like certain people have smells, but even. I like when I like someone I know wears a 
specific type of perfume and then you like smell it somewhere and you're like, oh, I wonder how they're doing. (laughs) Like it just brings it to mind. Um, Uh, I know I love that. And there were I feel like there are a few people I knew growing up who had really distinctive like perfume uh, that they used that yeah. I remember vividly. And I always wanted, I've always wanted to be one of those girls that consistently uses perfume at all, but also the right. same perfume <laughs> every yes. day and could have I know, like same. a smell. I know. It never happened. I wonder what my musk Maybe smells one day. like. Some people are musky though. Like, yeah. <laughs> my brother like is really musky. <laughs> Real musky. Our whole family, he really doesn't like it, but he, when we talk about this, but he doesn't listen to the show. So. <laughs> but he yes. like really has a distinctive smell. It's not bad or good. It's like just a smell. Yes. Um, I think it's because his hair is really oily. <laughs> like his pillow always smells very much like plague. Yes. Um, but yes, I loved Landry's, uh, suggestion that Matt should buy whatever soap Coach Taylor uses. Yes, that was great. And then I love watching the powder puff practice and like yes. Matt is way too nice to be a coach. Like he yes. can't. And I love Tyra being like, this is your quarterback. Seriously? Like, <laughs> Matt, what are we doing? Let's get this going. It was so great. Yes. <laughs> watching them both like at first hate be like, being like on the bleachers, like stupid. Right. And then getting into it. And then Tim is always just like on the other side of the field. Like, we got to get a W. I yeah. Like, Let's I go. see a W in my eyes. He kept just <laughs> screaming things that were so funny. So I feel good. like I was definitely like, I love Tyra in this episode. This is probably one yes. of her best. And because yes. I know that I would be Tyra. I would be that oh, person. Same. I'd be like, yeah. Matt, no, I'm taking over. But then I'd also want a coach like Tim Riggins. Yes. You know? Yeah, because I want to win and I get upset anytime any of my teams lose, which is a lot because yeah. I'm a Texas Longhorns, <laughs> a Dallas Cowboys fan. But yeah, it's a rough life. Uh, yeah. But you grow up in Alito, too, and everybody's like, you win everything. So, yeah, <laughs> right. You're like, I'm, I'm used to winning. I need this back. Well, but we stand high school. We're used to losing. <laughs> True. Yeah. So I'm kind of used to it. Um, but it made our wins that much sweeter, that much sweeter. I, yeah, I'm going to give my game ball to Tyra this episode for sure. Spoil it. Definitely. Ah. Um, But yeah, she was so awesome. We're going to do game ball within the breakdown, right? It's not going to be a section. So, yeah. Good point. Um, Yes, I loved watching them both play um, and that Julie's still mad at Matt for the calendar late night party situation. Yes, Um, they're not out of the woods yet. Yeah. I would still be mad too. (laughs) Same. Uh, I'm a jealous gal and that would have really pissed me off. <laughs> yes. Um, but I love that she's like slowly warms. I know. To him as they get like more competitive. Yeah. It's really cute. And then I love when, so she comes home and this was when she, he's like, wait, yeah, she had a quarterback. And they like go out and yes. play and it's really cute. Yes. Oh wait, do you have, can we play the coach Taylor line that is so, that I love so much when he's the like flippant the one flipping. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I can find it. Um, but I just, that's such a Coach Taylor trope. He like f- fixates on a word that's kind of interesting and then he repeats mm-hmm. it. Don't be yes. flippant. Don't be flippant with me. Like It always works. It is. It makes me laugh every time he does. Same. I do love in this clip though what he says about, instead of like reprimanding her, like don't ever do this again. He's more empathetic than that. And he's like, don't break our trust. Yes. Because that's I know. something that she would value too, even as a teenager. Right. Yeah. All right, here it is. Figure out what it is. Yeah, that's understood. And when you figure out what my punishment is, I'll be in my bedroom. I don't want you to be flippant with me. I don't want you to be flippant. <laughs> She's such a brat. Ugh. 
This is only the beginning of Julie's sass. Yes, y'all. It just gets worse, unfortunately. Yeah. Lonely, sassier. Yes. Um, and then Tim. It, this this was a perfect episode of besides like Coach Taylor and Tammy, like white people just failing to be allies. Like mm-hmm. Tim goes and talks to <laughs> Smash at that at Alma Freeze, and at the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is great. He's like seeking him out. He's like, we need mm-hmm. to focus on state. And then he's like, okay, you get with your boys. And, and I was like, oh, God, no, no. Tim. Like, Tim. <laughs> yeah. And, and Matt, what he's asking him to do, Tim is asking them to lie down. Exactly. And to let it slide. Yeah. And even Matt, like, he tries to talk to Smash at the very end. I'm like, dude, where have you been? Like, why aren't you trying to make mend things? Like, I know he's focused on Powderpuff and Julie, but, like, <laughs> he was kind of, like, a late to the game there. I was just like, guys, come on. But also, he's never been one of the more, like, outspoken yeah. leaders. True. So I did find that kind of funny that he's just like, oh, hey, we should talk about this. Smash is like, I'm <laughs> right. already like, on it. I'm literally about to peaceful protest right now. Yeah. So <laughs> get out of my way. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I forgot that Smash was working at the Alamo Freeze. I know. he. We haven't seen him there in a while. And I love, I also love just them establishing the fact that Tim and Smash don't like each other at the beginning. He's like, nice hat. And he, like, takes it off. He's not laughing. He's like yeah annoyed you know they just look they will never kind of totally be on each other's side absolutely yeah they're too uh they're both too egotistical what's the word i'm looking for that's that's right to me i'll leave it so then we Um, have the powder puff game and i love how lorraine has a sign for julie (laughs) oh my gosh i wrote that down too. so cute it just says julie quarterback julie Julie, quarterback or julie quarterback (laughs) So cute. Uh, Leah, what are your uh, feelings about um, Matt's grandma? Uh, I mean, so I've watched this show like a number of times and I've never yes. loved her. And I don't know why. I'm not prejudiced against old people. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I, just, just, like, I just want to like put that out there. I don't know what it is <laughs> about her. I think a lot of it is I get frustrated that he's taking care of her. Yeah. And I'm frustrated yeah. that there are times even like later um, when he's like thinking about college that she gets a little selfish and she's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be put in a home and I don't want you to um, go away to college. And he ends up like staying because he's very much a pushover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, I think she holds him back a, a few times and it's something that I'm like, you know, you, he's got a whole future ahead of him and you're kind of right. like your, your clock's ticking. So <laughs> I know I, she's I've I like her. I've never like love like gushed over her. I think for me, it just <laughs> it just always bothered me, like how senile they make her. And she's like, she's not 65. Like, yeah. She's not she, 65. That's like my parents. <laughs> I know, She's not very old. She's probably 70 something like okay, maybe. 70. Yeah. It's also kind but, of inconsistently senile, too. Like, yeah, true. Sometimes she's fine. And then sometimes she's like barely can hold a cup and is like wandering into the neighbor's bathtub. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's yeah. There's not a general progression of it either. It's just like every once in a while we've decided to just make her more senile. Right. I think it's one of the few. I mean, this is this happens in every TV show. Writers can't be perfect. But I think it's one of the forgotten threads for them that every once in a while they just like pick up and then put back down sort of like the Taylor's backstory and like where they lived before this and y'all y'all know how that bothers me yes but every every once in a while they'll pick up that thread when it benefits them right and then they'll put back down 
and it's kind of frustrating. Um, they definitely do that with with her senility. Yes, um, we love that word. But I did love her sign. It was quite cute. Very cute. Yeah. And then we have Tyra tackling Lila, which love was just that. great. And then she rips Loved her flags it. off of her after she tackles her. I know. It just laughs. <laughs> I love that. But I also love the subtext of it in that we didn't hear any, barely any dialogue or anything, but they show us her suspicions yeah. about her mom and Buddy Garrity. And yep. it's yep. really subtle, great storytelling. Just we are watching Tyra watch them. Yes. Well, I love when she the sees dots. them in the stands and he's kind of whispering in her ear a little bit and she mm-hmm. just looks from them and then zeroes in on Lila. And I like, know. I'm yeah. going to get her. <laughs> I'm going to immediately take this out on this girl who has nothing, nothing to do with it. Do with it. <laughs> Although I did think it was super annoying when Lila in the school hallway is like, your mom's doing, I heard your mom's doing great at her new job. That would piss me off too. I know. What? I, I really don't, which I, I wrote down that awkward spoiled snob moment where Jason's kind of like, yeah, you kind of are like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, really supportive I, fiance in this episode. Very rude. Yeah, Jason very was rude. very rude in this episode. He was a dick. It was awkward. Um, but I, I think she she's one of those like um, she's really not trying to be a snob. And she really wasn't ask, saying that to her to be she like well-intentioned. Yeah, it was, it's well-intentioned, but she needs to be more aware of how her uh like what she's saying affects people like it's like the intentions versus effect or whatever i don't remember what that's called but um like she didn't mean to be rude to tyra but like think about it girl like your you know your dad or her mom is working for your dad yeah. and like it's is subordinate and then and she's like, like patronizingly yeah, like she's, she's doing, doing a good a great job. job yeah, yeah like, i know you didn't mean it but think about it yeah yeah but it was a great tackle it was a great tackle it was, um, and a great uh, little bit of storytelling. Very curious to see where what happens with Buddy and uh, Miss yes, Colette. Miss Colette, um, who is a slamming hottie, though I will say. Yeah, she she, looks, she is. She looks good. She, she looks real good. And she okay. really looks like she would be Tyra's mom. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, they look really similar. Yeah. Um, I recorded this because Jason sounds like a character to me, and I want you to maybe guess what it is okay. kind of the things that he's saying and the way he says it school was a mistake it wasn't school's a, a mistake it's not school's not a mistake fitting in was a mistake you fit in fine jason no i don't fit in fine and even if i did fit in i don't want especially that last part i mean this is so weird i don't he kind of sounds like simba to me <laughs> I don't want to fit in at Pride Rock. I don't want to go back. And even if I did, I wouldn't. Yeah, I was not going to get there. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I mean, it was a, we, we have made s- certain random connections before. Yes. We, and we, t- you know, Lion King is in our zeitgeist pretty, you know, often. But yeah, that just true, struck true, true. me as straight Simba <laughs> for some reason. I mean, he is a little Matthew Broderick-y. Yeah, he's a little nasally in this episode. So yeah. I think that's why. Also, like, he did one day, and he's like, I'll just take the GED. This is stupid. I'm like, dude, yeah. do you try harder? Chance. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, like, I think the most striking scene with Jason was him walking through the hall. I mean, not walking, obviously, wheeling through the <laughs> hallway. <laughs> wheeling through the hallway when he first returns, and, like, mm-hmm. yeah. not everybody's swarming to him, but, like, a couple people are, which I think is super important, because I don't know if, if that was your experience, Carly, but, like, for me, when I returned to school, 
it was like not everybody was coming up to me, right? Like some mm-hmm. people were like, oh, like whispering, like, oh, that's yes. that's Leah Van. She had cancer. And mm-hmm. like then there's everybody <laughs> they're else. Always British too. Yeah, I was about to say yeah, they right. suddenly become British. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's the other ones are like, goes. oh my that's God, Leah, how ago. are you feeling? Yes. And it's like yeah, yeah, I I'm back, so obviously I feel fine. And like feeling so better now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love going home because every time they're like, "Oh, how are you feeling?" I'm like, yeah, it's been ten years. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that yeah. before. Where people will literally ask every member of my family, "How are you doing? How are you doing?" And then when they get to me, they say, "How are you feeling?" And I'm like, "Still, <laughs> yeah, you you did a great. Like, um, I don't know, a little constipated, but good. <laughs> a little bloated. You did a good impersonation. You're like." Carly, how are you? Like, her voice changes. How too. are you? Are you, are you yeah. sweet doing girl? Okay? You oh, are I've so been strong. For you, been praying Boy. for you. <laughs> Boy. <sighs> makes my hackles stand up. I'm sure. Just kidding. I mean, so I thought all those people care. It means they do. It just means they care, but. It's also, also super fucking annoying. Funny that Jason thinks he's going to make a living being a quad rugby player because I even know. Olympians, unless they make, unless they win multiple gold medals and get a ton get of sponsorships, sponsorships, yeah, they actually don't make that much money, and they're like not disabled Olympians, right? Right. Like they're right. the I most famous. If he would make money if he was on the league. Like, not get paid enough, to be on the team. Though. Yeah, no. Yeah, but not well, enough. Buddy was right when he said, uh, if you can't make a living off of it, then it's a hobby. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would be frust- Like, I love the ending shot of that conversation between Jason and Lila because it's just like Lila kind of exasperated, baffled, just like looking not into the camera, but sort of away. Yeah. She doesn't respond to him in the scene, but I would be super frustrated too. He's making huge decisions. He's also being really impulsive, like, oh, school, I'm going to go back to school. Oh, no, school sucks. I'm just going to take the GED. Did I not tell you that? Um, I'm going to go to Japan. Uh, <laughs> China. China, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Beijing. Um, and then also, you know, says that she's spoiled. <laughs> right. It's really bad. He's, he's striking out left and right. <laughs> he has uh, a male complex about him. Like very, he's very insecure about being able to provide for Lila. Right. And yes. especially now as like, you know, being crippled and I can yeah. understand that, but Lila's actually very smart mm-hmm. and very good in school, but she ha- doesn't realize her full potential because she has completely relied on this guy Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I, I mean, like has, Jason like, could go to therapy. I think I think he could. He should. We all yeah. should. But he, he could really afford should. to do that. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. And I think we see some of the Texas pressures and st- like the pressures and stereotypes of living in the Bible Belt that you can easily get sucked into. Where yeah. Lila's not even really thinking, even though she, like you said, she, we know that she like makes straight A's. She is a hard worker. She's a good athlete. Uh, and. She's not even thinking about her future. She's just focused on the boy, which is partially youth. But also, I feel like it's just easy for women to fall into that comfortable stereotype in the Bible Belt of just marrying quickly, making sure that you're, quote unquote, safe and comfortable. Um, And then you can go achieve your goals. And it'll be so much easier if you just have a provider. I mean, it's a tempting situation, but I definitely think way more or especially when I first moved to Colorado, 
became clear that I had thought about marriage way more than anyone around me. Oh my God. I planned to get, I was like, oh, I want to be married by the time I'm like 25 or whatever, <laughs> you know, LOL. Um, but I remember other people around me being like gaping at that and me just being like, oh, is that unusual? I guess that's weird. Okay. My and year that in was Colorado, totally, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> My year in Colorado, I felt like I met people who were like 40 and single thinking like, why are you thinking about marriage right now? You're so young. Like, I'm still four. I'm only 40. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. how <laughs> people are feeling. Got it. <laughs> I know a lot of my friends in New York, when I like say I'm going to a wedding, they're like, what? Why are your friends getting married? I'm like, they love each other. They're getting married. Like, it's, there's like, there's kind of the opposite thing where it's come. I'm, I'm always kind of like, I mean, you do whatever you want. Yeah. And don't feel pressure to get married young, but also like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just interesting. The mentality is so different between North and South. Like, and I definitely mm -hmm. feel in the middle of it. Well, and Lila also like her parents seem to be like that. Yeah. Very like, I'm the dad, I'm the provider, I'm the big ego. And then the like yeah. quiet, passive, stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Um, okay, a family that is not like that is the Williams, which I love. Ugh. So Smash goes in to, well, first of all, we see that Waverly, first of all, like Smash doesn't, isn't really engaging with the race issue that much. He's just no. like, I got to focus on state um, which I think in a way he's showing almost like a little bit of white privilege, even though he's black, but he's yeah. treated in some ways like some of the white guys are treated in that town because he's an athlete or yeah. a football player. So he's like, ah, this isn't going to directly affect me because he's at the top of the food chain in a town like that. And then she yeah. is like, no, that's selfish and privilege. You need to engage with this because it does affect and hurt people. And I love that we kind of got to watch his journey into engaging and caring about it without him ever really speaking or addressing it directly. We just sort of watched him not care. And then he makes an, he like peeks into the forum. We saw him like yeah. standing in the doorway, kind of listening in, but not attending. Yeah. Um, and then we see him go and try to talk to coach Mac. And he's like, I just want to, you know, I just wanted to chat with you. It Ugh. seems like he's going in expecting it to be resolved quickly and for it to not be an issue. Yeah. And he gets totally shut down by coach Mac's asshole racism. I know. And he's like, I'm just trying to have a dialogue with you and yeah. like, let, let you apologize to me. Um, but I, yeah, I think that's interesting that smash is on the periphery the whole time. And it's probably like, He's probably like, I'm, I don't really know enough about this. Like, I, I, I haven't really experienced it because of my status at school. Mm -hmm. And it's great that like Waverly's with him to be like, no, these are these issues. And like, you know, then he sees it firsthand with his mom at the bank. And um, yeah, it was it was cool to see both of those dynamics playing out, like his kind of male status privilege also mm -hmm. with his with the racial stuff. So and we see the like more confident higher in the food chain, male, choosing not to engage. And then the woman saying, no, this is important. You got to engage. And her immediately getting shut down by another alpha, quote unquote, Ugh. alpha male saying that she's uptight. Um, yeah, that guy was Interrupting so her, saying she's uptight and that she shouldn't care. Yeah. Um, so we saw a lot of stereotypes playing out right there. <laughs> we did. Yeah, that guy was a piece of work. Oh, he looked like the worst. Yeah, I, I think we should... Um, I think the last scene I'm going to play is the Tammy Eric moment. Well, it didn't go very well, honey. 
mean, first of all, hardly anybody showed up. But then, I mean, I wish I could... I wish you could have seen the way these kids were yelling at each other. Calling each other names. It's real hard to make a change around here. You know you're an example to aspire to, don't you? You give them an opportunity to express themselves that they wouldn't have otherwise. Because you're always there ready to listen to them. You never shy away from difficult subjects. They know they can trust you. It's a rarity. Nothing hurts worse than like a genuine attempt to help people getting trashed and making a fool out of you. Yeah. I just love what he like saying that, you know, she's an example to aspire to. And I also my favorite quote from that was she said it's hard to make a change around here. I know. And it's like, yeah, it's it. It's just how it is. And all you can do is try to change it. But mm-hmm. you can al- you can also, ex- you know, anticipate the reality that it may not work and it often won't work. Mm-hmm. Like Smash going to talk to Coach Mac. <laughs> exactly. He tried. They like there were multiple genuine attempts to smooth this over, to open a dialogue and. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's just a bunch of examples of white people failing to be allies, except for <laughs> yeah. Tammy, who yeah. really tried to engage and create a safe place for the kids to talk to each other. And Coach, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like he he's doing he's doing the work. Putting in the work. Um, but yeah, so then we see Smash yeah. totally uh, get rejected by Coach Mac and then by the end of the episode, he's in a totally different place than he was when we started. Yeah. And I love Waverly's effect on him in that I way. Know. It's cute. Ugh. And it's powerful. And I thought you were going to talk about maybe in the film section of when she hands him the keys and it's this really kind of cheesy, like slow-mo yeah. <laughs> thing. It's like chunk, chunk, chunk. And I was like, whoa, okay. It was cheesy. I liked <laughs> yeah. it though. I thought but it I liked it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we see him get all of the football players of color together in the church, which at first I was like, why, what the keys? And then I remembered that Waverly's dad is the priest. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know that I made that connection a little late too. Um, and we don't really know what they're plotting or planning. Uh, there's right. just that awesome song playing. Um, and then we see them work out their idea for a peaceful protest. Yeah. Which I thought it was great. I really liked it. It was mm-hmm. solidarity. It was powerful. Um, and yeah, I think it, I think it made the statement that they wanted. It's ahead mm-hmm. of its time. It really it is. is. It, it was kind of. Because we've, I've seen so many football protests at this point in time, you know, we think about right. Colin Kaepernick. We think about, I think Mizzou had a situation where all their black players decided to not play a game until mm. a coach was fired. Um, and I think, I think the smash like development, the character development in this um, episode is excellent, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah. it does remind me again of the book where like Booby Miles, again, he benefits from this system. Why would he speak out against yeah. it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but smash, like comes to this realization that like, it's not just about him. 
And then when he has that like heartbreaking talk with Mac, I think that really struck mm-hmm. me. Yeah. 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 Me too. Um, it was just like such, just like Tammy, it was just such an earnest effort. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Mac is just tired of dealing with the problem because again, it doesn't affect him directly. So he right. doesn't understand why it's still going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it's it. Why is he so annoyed? Like, it feels like this is the first time this has ever happened. And maybe it's not. But like, I mean, first of all, if it if it happened a few times, he still doesn't have the right to be annoyed. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, this is like this is like the first issue we've seen. He's already so annoyed. I'm like, dude, literally just a pop like you would be fired in 2020. Like, oh, yeah, you yeah. should you should oh, be yeah, thankful that that you're just asking to learn and well, and Waverly apologize. Says if we were up at UT, he would be fired. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Back then, even um, in towns like that, it would have been, but obviously not in Dillon, Texas. Mm-hmm. But I do think, just with any sort of uh, unjust system, the people that are powerful and in charge and benefiting from it are always going to silence the weaker um, group that is being oppressed. And so the town loves football. It's like sacrilegious to go up against it in more ways than one financially. And uh, just that it is the town culturally, like their currency. Mm -hmm. Um, And to go up against it is a big statement. And I think that where he's coming from is just like, I just don't want to deal with this. Everyone's got their panties in a wad. Right. He's, te- he's saying that everyone's overreacting. He's saying what that white guy at the Alamo Freeze said to Waverly. Yeah. Shut up. Let us keep moving forwards because this is comfortable for me. So I don't understand why everyone's in such a rage. Right. Yeah. Um, my only strays were, um, well, first of all, I posted, would you want Tyra or Lila on your powder puff game? And of course, uh, Tyra won. Um, she did. I voted for her as well. And then did you notice when that scene that we just played, when Tammy comes in, um, coach is eating cornflakes and drinking a beer. <laughs> I saw that he was drinking a beer, but I couldn't tell what he was eating. Yeah, he was eating cornflakes dry. And then it made me think, again, our references within references in Gilmore Girls, Jason um, cooks breakfast for Lorelai. And she's like, this is really nice. He's like, well, you know, three weeks in our relationship and it's back to cornflakes and beer. And I was like, is this like a dude <laughs> thing? Like, do they eat cornflakes and drink beer? Um, that's the only thing I eat. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my diet. Yeah. I mean, it sounds not that bad. It sounds the cornflakes in the beer. It sounds not that bad. AKA it sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Yum. (laughs) Um, do I have any strays? Leah, do you have any other, uh, thoughts, insights, questions before we comments? Uh, No, I think I probably talked too much. Um, never. (laughs) I will say I did notice the team they were playing in the very beginning was McNeil High School. Oh, yeah. I had a note about that, too. That's a real high school in Texas. Yeah, they're in Round Rock. Yeah. Oh, I no forgot way. that in the, from the film section. Mm-hmm. The McNeil Mustangs. Yes. And I just loved Waverly in this episode, I think. I did, too. Me, too. Yeah. I Enjoy your sandbox, outfits. boys. <laughs> yeah, she's so cute. Um, uh, I wrote, when I wrote down chalk block, I didn't know, I'd never heard that before. And I wrote it chalk, C-H-A-L-K. Oh, girl. (laughs) Oh, girl. Uh, I just wrote that Tyra's mom is deaf sleeping with Buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um. 
The which... spread option that Julie wins the powder puff game on. I, I was I was like very impressed. I don't know. Yeah. I was I thought you'd pick it up in mom's blame. Yeah. What did she call it? I... The spread what to was the it? right or something. spread option or something. Yeah. But I mean, you could have just talked about, I mean, like not, wow, that's sounds condescending. <laughs> I, this is what you should have done. Dumb. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just a horrible person. Um, <laughs> this is not my podcast. Uh, yeah. Oh, also, option, before you say uh, that, it's chop block, Carly. Not, it's not even chalk block. <laughs> it's, chop. Oh, it's chop. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. I almost said chop like as in Fruit Ninja. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, Why did that's... that come into my brain? Chop. Yeah. Wait, so tell us about the spread option, Leah. Yeah. yeah. So like in a uh, spread option, uh, spread offense, which is normally seen in like Big 12 teams, SEC teams, um, you put less pressure on the quarterback because you ha- you give them the option oh, to right. run or yes. pass the ball. Yes. Um, whereas, Ooh. like, it's definitely the opposite of pro style, which is what you see in the NFL or the Big Ten, uh, when the quarterback is lined up in the pocket and you know exactly what he's going to do. He's either going to hand the ball off, depending on the formation, or he's going to go for a pass that is pretty much drawn out for him. So um, the yes, fact now- that Julie elected to run right. um, was a design by the play. Right. Yeah. No, now I now I know why I didn't explain it because I think he coach explains it in that scene where they yeah. practice together. Oh. So I was like, Oh, it's already been explained. Yeah. But um I my did. last stray obsy is that scene uh when Julie makes the run, Matt running alongside <laughs> yes. and so then cute. picking her up. Adorable. Yes. It was so cute. And I love that that's kind of their reconciliation. Um, yeah. is like how much he is just head over heels for her I her know. spitting out that football knowledge yes like, uh it was so cute it's really cute matt makes okay, julie right. better he does yes yes that and is a we rare see what happens to her when he's not around yes <laughs> it's a rare it's Later. a rare relationship dynamic when the man makes the woman better i feel like that's we not usually not the way support codependent relationships no we do not <laughs> no no except Having when it a... comes to matt and julie yes it works yes. it works for we're them. in favor <laughs> Codependency is wrong unless you are Matt or Julie. Yes. <laughs> All right. Who wants to rate first? I'll go. Right. Um, I loved this episode. Um, it was nice to see them sort of pick up the pace a little bit. And I just thought it was super packed, as we've mentioned, um, you know, 10 million times, um, the democratization of their storytelling. We saw new developments with Buddy and and Tyra's mom. We saw mm-hmm. Tyra, we saw Julie, we saw Lila and Jason have moments. We saw Jason struggling in school. We saw Coach and Tammy. We saw the racism factor in Smash um, and his whole family looking to buy a house. Like there was so much packed into this and it didn't feel rushed and it didn't feel chaotic. I thought it was all very relevant um, and just really pleasant to watch. Um, all of our characters moving forwards yeah. in this way. And I, I loved the race element. It's poignant and important and ahead of its time. Uh, Cause they don't really get silenced, which is happens in a lot of movies and storytelling. Yeah. Uh, they take a stand. We, we watch smash realize that he is in a position of power to be a leader and take a stand against this, this system, even though he is a benefactor of it. Um, 
yeah, I, I thought it was beautiful. I'm going to give it. Oh, and the powder puff was super fun. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10 Kyle Chandler's biceps. Mm, nice. <laughs> All right, Lee, you want to go or you want me to go? You go. You sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you sure? Um, yeah, I, Carly, you said that very very well very eloquently i'm just gonna echo all of that um because they packed <laughs> so much good stuff in this and like mm. you said it wasn't rushed like it was all perfectly placed um Perfect. which is a little haunting a blind manor reference shout out um yeah i love this episode we're definitely um out of that kind of mid-season not a total slump just kind of a dip um a, lull. a little lull um things are really really happening and i i just thought I loved the evolution of Smash's character and um and yeah. him listening to his woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. We love that. I, I was like very Wave. attracted to him in this episode. Same. <laughs> I was very attracted to Waverly as well. Just yes. attracted to both of them. I was like, y'all are so hot. I can't. She's so hot. She's <laughs> stunning to look at. Yes. And she's just cool. Like she's yeah. just got such a cool vibe. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give this an eight point five nice. out of ten chop box. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I think I like everything that this episode stands for. I think it's so ahead of its time. Um, I will say I felt like I didn't like the Jason Street development in this episode. It felt a Mm -hmm. little out of place for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Waverly had some amazing lines. I thought her script was um, stellar. I think she... Yeah said enjoy your sandbox boys and like the opening scene and i i thought that was probably like one of the highlights too so i because again someone's telling her to like chill out just play yeah right have fun in your sandbox there's so much going on like in front of your eyes and then there's so much going on in between the lines of this episode Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna give it a 8.75 yes tyra tackles yes love it (laughs) i loved uh, after her tackle lila's like we're supposed to be having fun she's like oh i'm having fun yeah she's like oh no this is very fun for me to tackle you yeah (laughs) this is fun yeah honestly it would be fun for me to also tackle tackle minka kelly yeah yeah i'll tackle all those people on that field and enjoy it (laughs) except for uh what was the quarter the girl quarterback on matt's team she was awful Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Leah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Yeah, this was I'm I'm glad that we chose this episode for you. I mean, we did that intentionally, listeners. Um, (laughs) I and I feel like you brought a lot of um, you brought much knowledge. um, So thanks so much. Much wisdom. Yes. Honored to be here. (laughs) Where can people follow you? Do you want to plug anything you're working on? Oh, God. Um. (laughs) I have a pretty fire Twitter account, so yeah, you can follow me at, at lvan underscore sports. So yes. I love it. Is that can, van with a one N or two Ns? It's two, uh, right? It is VA double N, so Good. like a mini like a minivan, but with two Ns. Love I it. Tell people. Um, <laughs> I do not have a full time job yet, but maybe will after this Thursday. So stay tuned. Oh, <laughs> let us know. Hey, it's tough out there. You're, I'm sure you're doing. On the path, doing well. Yes, we yes. We are trying. <laughs> Y'all, we're all just doing our best, trying to stay alive in 2020. We are. Mm-hmm. It's almost over. It's crazy. Ugh. 
And I know, I know that when we wake up, when the sun rises on January 1st, everything's going to be better, right? Yeah, the um, the <laughs> coronavirus will disappear into the wind. Um, we'll still be here talking into your earballs about Friday Night Lights. Your earballs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, follow us at TX Forever Pod. Join our new Facebook group, Friday Night Lights, colon, Panther Pride. Panther Pride. Uh, send us comments, send us questions. Yeah, just get in touch with us. Correct us, yell at us. Mm-hmm. All we love things. to be yelled at. We do. It, it's thrilling. We mm-hmm. like the drama. <laughs> Addicted to the drama, which is we why are. we love this show. We do. Well, we will see y'all. No, we will. We be will be in your ears. Yes. <laughs> next, next week, Friday. All right. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't, Can't lose. lose.